get right into it. Right into it. I'm thinking we live now. Yeah, we live, family. What's good, family? Black African power. Get right into it. What's good? Right into it. Hold on, let me get this out. Oh, is that my is that my thing going at again? I got all kind of shit going on. on Damn. That was crazy, yo. Is that my is that mine going at? Oh, is that, is that my thing going on? God damn. All right, we're here, family. What's good with y'all, man? Look, man, we want to get into the show, man. We want to get right started with Black African Power. Uh, y'all know what it is, man. Um, you know, I'm a raw squad up. We want to get right into this reincarnation thing. It's been a real discussion in our group. And so I'd like to welcome everybody um, uh, to this conversation. It's going to be, it's very, very important. Um, Matter of fact, the conversation start off with a simple, simple topic. See if I can find it real fast. And I find it to be very interesting on how these conversations start and they kind of morph into something totally different. Okay, so I just want to make my stance real clear. And I want to let uh, Brother Sahotep get in. And how you doing, uh, Brother Saw? What's good, man? Peace, peace. I'm doing well. Uh, peace to everyone in the, in the audience. It's Brother Ujawu. And anybody else who might join us a little later. Okay. Uh Wuja, what's good on man? Shout out to you, Nature. What's good? All right, peace to the family, peace to the Amara squad, peace to the panel, Unc, uh Simotep, and anyone who's gonna join in. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just gonna chime in. Uh, like you said, it's a hot topic, uh recent topic. I think you actually even uh, uh spark the topic uh unk, so I, so it's, it's good but it but you know this this is how you do it you, you spark the topic and people yeah, chat right to it and um uh we kind of uh figured this out and let me see i thought i had it in the group maybe all i would have to do let me see because the, the real question was um uh my question was i was in a conversation with a brother in the group and what i said was that reincarnation he said the question was asked to me how is reincarnation not DNA? How is that? Explain the difference. So I went on to explain the difference. One is biological and one is an idea and a concept. Um, so that's the difference. You know, one deals with the biological being, okay? Uh, and the other one deals with uh, a cultural, uh, has to be taken within cultural context. Uh, at no time did I say that um, reincarnation wasn't a part of African philosophy. I never said that. I never made the claim that we was either the origin of it or we weren't. I never made those conclusions. And so um, I'm not going to be hogtied to any ideas or concepts. I'm just not. And so that does not make me anti-African if if I just say, well, uh, reincarnation is not scientific, but it's a it's a cultural idea. And uh, it's just it is what it is. So. That doesn't make me anti-African. And as a matter of fact, it makes me African. And I had no idea that everybody knew exactly what all African people was at one particular time. I think that's a mistake to make that. Uh, so, Brother Saw, I want you to just go ahead and start off. And I'll and I'll let, you know, I'll give my piece, Wuja. But I want you to go first because I know you ain't got long, bro. Yes. Um, I, I, I want to just first kind of step back and and say what it is that i do 
as it regards my research focus. And what I'm involved in is the art of reconstructing culture in Africa. And I use many different tools to try to reconstruct the cultures of a people. And some of those tools are anthropology, archaeology, historical comparative linguistics, psychology, and um, you might also include um, like art as well, you know. Um, but in this process, I look at individual cultures on their own merit regardless if you would consider them african or not just that culture as a unit that population as a unit its history its culture and things of that nature and then i do that for another set uh, of cultures each individually and i understand them in their own right and from there i begin to look at what is common between these groups and the and and hypothesize why there is commonality if there is commonality between these groups i also look at what differentiates them what what makes them different from each other and i have to preface this discussion with that because a lot of times people who study Africa only want to look for similarities and then they commit what we call a trans-substantive um, fallacy. And that is when you take information and knowledge from one group in, in, in terms of one study and then you apply it beyond that group from which you study. So, for example, somebody will take some kind, some concepts and ideas from the Yoruba and then say that this is African in the sense that all African people do what this Yoruba group does. All African people believe what this group of Yoruba believe. And you'll run into this trans-substantive error in analysis. And we have to try to avoid that. And this this plays into the discussion topic in which we're having today. Because some people will take the ideas of reincarnation, for example, from the Hindus and then try to apply it to the Africans. Or that they'll take an idea of, of reincarnation from one African group and then apply it to another. And so I, in my book, Nesubiti, Excuse me. Nestle uh, King and Ancient Egyptian, I discussed reincarnation. And I attempt to reconstruct the fundamental um, motivation behind the concept of reincarnation. 
And what I discovered in, in a few groups of, of African people is that reincarnation isn't per se this notion that some spiritual entity is alive and conscious and has some kind of form going on in another world and decides it wants to reincarnate in its family line. That's not what a lot of groups believe. So for example, the, the examples that I cite here in the text have, uh, for example, the the some Bantu speaking people, um, the Akan and tree speaking people in Ghana, as well as the collagen people in East Africa. And when you read their initiatory text, they'll tell you that reincarnation is simply the naming of your child, the name of an ancestor. Now it is believed that certain names are imbued or embedded with certain personality traits. For example, if Michael Jordan dies, it's not gonna be if, when Michael Jordan dies, because of his legacy in the field of basketball, the sport of basketball, someone may choose to name their child Michael Jordan or just Michael in inspiration of Michael Jordan with the belief that by naming the child Michael, that somehow he will inherit some of the traits that made Michael Jordan great. So you see, even in just, you know, other contexts, you'll see that other people name their children after great heroes and things um, so that subconsciously in their mind, their child's destiny aligns with the person who held that name, who left the great legacy. And so even in a mundane, um, how should I say, example, for those of us, I'm gonna still use Jordan, for those of us who played ball and went and bought Michael Jordan sneakers and we got on the court and we juked somebody and then stepped back and made the shot, nothing but net. One of the first names that we'll say out of our mouths after we did made that um, that shot, we'd be like, Jordan. Now, of course, other people may do some other moves and name some other basketball players. Now, I may be dating myself when I'd be like Ewing, you know what I'm saying, or, uh, you know, Rose or whoever, you know, or Magic, you know, or just whoever. It, it is... People like to wear Jordan shoes because they believe 
that if they have on the shoes, that they'll be able to move, to shoot and play like Jordan. Somehow the essence of Jordan is to transfer to the shoes and then ultimately into your game. And so, although it's a rough analogy, the motivation behind the concept of, of reincarnation as a as through the concept of the name still has that type of spirit. It's within that domain uh, uh, of reference. And so from that initial motivation and practice, of course, you know, the more generations develop, uh, the more the initial practice where the motivation was understood becomes less understood and it just becomes ritual. It just becomes, you know, habit. And so also there are other concepts that are added on as time goes by. So now in a lot of cultures, you have this elaborate idea that some entity spirit exists in some other realm and chooses to come through the bloodline, you know? And in some African cultures, it doesn't even have to be their bloodline. So when you hear a lot of people talking about that it comes through the bloodline per se, mainly they're getting that from Yoruba people. But in the collagen, it don't have to necessarily, I'm not, excuse me, not the collagen. The collagen, they, they also talk about the bloodline. But in the dagger system in Burkina Faso, it doesn't have to be the bloodline. It can be any human person or group that you can reincarnate in. And they're no less African than the Yoruba people. And so we have to be careful when trying to blanket the entire continent with certain ideas and practices. The best thing that you can do is to study individual groups and then discuss their certain groups and, and where they cluster together and then where they differentiate. And so among the collagen, for example, again, they believe in, in reincarnation and it has to do with the name, but they don't have an ultimate end. It's just perpetual eternity coming through the human line. Now what's hell for them is that they live such a bad life that they are not reincarnated. And so you have to understand the, the relationship between a name and reincarnation. Because what you'll see across Africa is this emphasis to call the name of the ancestors. Because if you don't remember their names, you can't name your children after them. And therefore, you can't reincarnate them. Without the name, there is no reincarnation. And so there's a, a degree of, of similitude and, of course, a differentiation. And we have to keep these things in mind. And so I'll, I'll just stop there unless you have some other uh, questions <laughs> for me to get more specific. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Most people don't even get into that. Uh, I only think they know you had the ideas in, in your book. I, I've been through that um, conversation we had a few years back on what the soul was, 
and you know what I'm saying how the name would encapsulate the soul, the whole nine yards. So I pretty much knew where the thing was gonna go, and I knew most people wasn't even um even gonna get to that level. And I I think what I get offended at, Asar, is when we never allow other people to have their culture. You know what I'm saying? So, like I mentioned the word Hinduism and reincarnation. So obviously I was talking about the Hindu's rendition of reincarnation. Next thing I know, I get the whole nine yards. Well, we had that too. Like, man, let them people have what they got. Because I'm for certain that uh, reincarnating back into a flower, a bug, a bear, a bee, you know what I'm saying, is the Hindu's understanding of that. Okay? Uh, uh, they Reaching the stage of nirvana where you don't have to come back again. You know what I'm saying? So you would have to show me that in Africa. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So we, 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 it's just a very, and then people will read dictionaries and find words. You gone? Uh, and find words and match it up. But, that, but that's the pseudo thing right there. You got to leave it to brothers like you, Smash Rockwells, you know what I'm saying? Uh, brothers who actually, um, you know, uh, uh, dove into the language, man. It, and, and, and it's just so interesting how people will jump out there. So I just want the listening audience to know, right, at the end of the day, man, um, real, like, I do not have to believe the way my ancestors believe to, and, 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 and because I don't believe the way we believe, all of a sudden I'm not African or I'm anti-African. Like, I think we got room to develop our own ideas and concepts. I'm, I'm, I'm not African because I was born in Africa. You know what I'm saying? I'm African because Africa was born in me. And I think it's, it's incumbent to us as functioning African people in North America to develop ideas, to develop an Asar Hotel, to develop a Wuja, a Smash Rockwells, a Dr. Mayat, you know what I'm saying? A brother Nahisi, Black Panther, you know what I'm saying? That will come up with these new ideas. I think we kind of talked about uh, for a minute speculation, right? Let, let's kind of talk about that a little bit and, 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 why, and, and why we look at Kemet the way we look at Kemet. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about that for a little bit, uh, Asa. Um, I, if I remember from our earlier conversation, um, you know, I, I was speaking on, you know, one of the many reasons why we study ancient Kemet. And so one of the things that I tell people all the time is that first and foremost, ancient Kemet, the surviving records are the records of what it means to be human and African prior to colonialism. And given our current state here in America, we don't really have that knowledge. And the other African groups didn't write down for posterity the aspects of their history and their life. So we have to obtain information in a different way with them versus what we can do in ancient Egypt um, who wrote down, you know, their, their thoughts on life, their thoughts on relationships, their thoughts on good governance, you know, uh, on the importance of agriculture, the importance of, uh, of love, what makes an enemy an enemy and things of this nature. And, and so when, when you, when I look at history, I'm looking for the, the where, why's, what, and how's. And I'm looking for um, examples 
of 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 how to develop and maintain institutions and governments and things of that nature and so we always have to go back to the beginning and so as far as the records are concerned that we have that information is going to be in ancient Kemet. and so we we see you know there there's speculations of life and how that has led to uh, the cultures in which we admire. And then from there, we go study other African cultures. As I said, it's, it's not an either or, like we just study Kemet and neglect everyone else. We study Kemet, we study the Yoruba, we study the Akan, we study the, the, um, the Wolof, you know, uh, the, so the, the Soyinke, um, the Amazulu, the the um, you know the other Kushite speakers and the people like the Oromos uh, uh, and and things of this nature. It's we we study everybody because we're trying to get this information, but we aren't trying to get this information for the sake of information, just having information. We're looking at what we have done, where we have failed, how we can fix those holes and how we can build something new and greater. And so part of that process, and this is where um, a lot of African practitioners, African spiritual practitioners have a problem with me, is because I ask certain questions and I don't take everything that African people say or do as if it is the truth about the universe. And I think this is the problem that we're having in the, even in this discussion about reincarnation. Not saying that reincarnation itself is false, but no one has been able to demonstrate that it is true. And so you shouldn't automatically think that just because some African people believe something and that it has become part of their culture, that it is in fact right and exact. And this is the problem that we're having. And this is why you have a lot of pushback because you have a lot of people wanting to disassociate themselves with Europeans, automatically align with things that are African, but they never question the validity of some of the things that are African as if African people can't make mistakes. African people can't make stuff up. African people can get certain things wrong or can't get certain things wrong. They just go wholeheartedly you know, and then go throughout their lives living just as blindly with African traditions as they have with um, the European and Arab traditions. And so I choose not to be in that camp. I choose to question, you know, the validity and the merits of certain ideas that come from our ancestors. And that's what makes what, what we do science. And so, for religious folks, it is a sin to question the wisdom of your ancestors. For those of us who are scientists, we understand that it is mandatory to question and test the wisdom of your ancestors. If the wisdom of your ancestors is right and exact, it will withstand scrutiny. And, and it's something that you can stand on and be proud of. But if it's not, you know, you have to be adult and mature and be able to say that it is what it is, but we have to move on beyond 
this because it's not working. It's not right and exact. And so um, that's kind of the context from an earlier discussion that we were having. And so uh, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. You did. And I think we also talked about plants and natural deities, plants. Kind of remember that? Yeah, that was a... Uh, yeah, briefly, what I was saying is that in, in Africa, mm. a lot of the so-called gods are not entities with with a personality like a human being. Yeah, that's fancy. Energy or active energy or principles that are found in certain phenomena in nature. And so a lot of the gods that you, if you if you really are into African culture through the priesthood system, you'll know that a lot of these gods are really associated with plants. And that the care and concern for our ancient ancestors was first and foremost, human relationships, good human relationships, and good and vitalistic health. And so, a lot of our spirituality centered around health or what we're calling spirituality today was really um, centered around health and the study of plants and the active ingredients of plants. And so in the new book that I'm working on, Aluja Volume 2, mm. in my response to Dr. Wesley Muhammad, there's going to be a section in there where I'm talking about exactly what a God is. And so God is simply a God, a spirit is simply energy, power, the ability to make something happen. And so when we talk about a particular deity, I'm going to use a more modern scientific term mm. to reference what, what we're talking about. So if I say Eshu or Ogun or, or whatever other Orisha, I'm talking about the quantization of a spirit form or an energy form, the quantization of energy. Now, the difference between, because in, in, in quantum mechanics, they use this term quantization. So when you see a light or a light ray, that's a quantization of the electromagnetic field. There are mm -hmm. fields that we swim in basically all day. And so the agitation of these fields is what gives us the phenomena that we see. So when you see light, that is just simply the exa, uh, the, the excitation of the electromagnetic field. They are currently looking for, for example, uh, we know about the gravitational field, but they're looking for a graviton. If they find a graviton, that would be a quantization of the gravitational field. In 2012, they discovered the Higgs boson. The Higgs boson is a quantization and excitation of the Higgs field. Everything has field. Everything is surrounded in the, the most fundamental thing in the universe, according to the standard model, is fields. And then everything arises from the fields. Mm -hmm. This concept exists within African um, uh hypotheses and theorizations of the universe it's the field and the quantization of these fields are the spirits and phenomena the difference between the the african conceptualization 
of fields and the quantization of energy and that which we find in quantum mechanics is that the Africans believe that by speaking directly to the fields that they can affect it and force the energy to do um, the will of the person that calls it. And so this is why the naming and understanding names is important in African traditions. Because an ancestor would just be an energy field that responds to a calling. A quantization of energy that responds to a calling. And so I get into the details. Of course, I have the citations. And, you know, all of this ties into this discussion in terms of what the soul is and, of course, what reincarnation is. But you need a grander context, for which I really don't have time to go into uh, tonight. But right, right. I hope to... Uh, you know, in the in the next book, you know, really lay this out for people so that they can understand. And this is this is the result of years and years of studying the philosophy and languages of African people and really understanding. Okay, ah, this is ultimately what they mean, and this is how we can demonstrate this. And so it'll bring clarity to the surface understanding that a lot of us have when it comes to these these spiritual ideas you know the africans have testable ideas testable hypotheses that we should you know if we have the right instrumentation to be able to um do studies and test on you know but right now you know a lot of these concepts you know they claim is only accessible to people in priesthoods and so you know, they're not willing to put their ideas to scientific scrutiny. So if, unless you're willing to put your ideas in, under scientific scrutiny, you can't say it is a truth and a reality for everyone. And we just got to humble ourselves and just say, well, this is what the so-and-so believe. This is what they believe. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily reality. Yes, you know? yes. So that's 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 the crux of the, the conversation that uh, we was having behind the scenes. Yeah, and yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, uh, it's just, uh, I think uh, your work is to be um, respected and it's helped me a lot uh, because it brings it uh, into reality and it brings it into focus. And so I say this all the time. We can't say that the Africans uh, practice science, but yet can never show that they did that. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's bananas. We were scientific. Okay, well, show me how. And when we start to talk about the how, like we talk about the plants and how you and how they was trying to invoke or call on, right? We kind of we kind of spoke on that aspect, right, uh, of the vital energies within the plants. You know what I'm saying? And so we talked about uh, uh, the scientist um, Julian Percy, right? He he's the first person to reach total synthesis, you know, using plants, uh, chemistry. And so you go from a stage of calling on the energies within the plants, right? Then you get to the point, you realize that there's an energy in the plant. There's a force that can heal the body, right? And you're calling on it, right? You speculate that you can call on this energy, right? In the plant, it's active forces in the plant that can heal people. You speculate that, right? That's what humans do. Go to the point of speculation, right? Then you realize chemistry and you can actually pull those active ingredients out the plants, right, to heal humanity. 
know what I'm saying? Like, that's not complicated. You know what I'm saying? We've reached those stages. We know this to be for sure. We know that ancient Nile Valley Africans practice chemistry. We know the brother uh, uh, Julian Percy reached total synthesis, right? Uh, make coding, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. Synthesizing plants. This is chemistry. So we talked about certain African nations still being in certain stages of development based off of being underdeveloped. So we know that Africa was underdeveloped. Uh, we know that. We know the Nile Valley had a chance, a long history of, 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 of not fighting wars on a regular basis, which allowed them to grow and develop, you know what I'm saying, their ideas from speculation, you know what I'm saying, to hypotheses, you know what I'm saying, to studying nature and knowing all things. So early on in African history, based off what UNESCO said, right, we had a platform for science, taking these ideas and bringing them in uh, uh, to help change uh, communities. And so don't get mad at me, right, if, if certain ideas has not been tested. That don't mean those ideas won't be proven later on down the line. That don't mean that. But, 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 but I stay close to the science because I know staying close to the science is an African thing. Make that point out there. Where you at, Brother Buja? Metanetra Scholar, Supreme. Where you at, bro? Okay, I was muted. Yeah, I'm still here. That's very, very good. Um, <clears throat> and I, I um, agree 100% with what, <clears throat> excuse me, with what um, Asar was saying. Um, and what I, <clears throat> wow. What I noticed that inside of the Facebook group, hmm. we have to be very, very careful because something that Asar just said and I, uh, you just said as well, we have to be very careful of when people start to feel threatened. And it, it is, this could be a subconscious thing. When people's ideologies feel, uh, feel threatened, then they'll start to demonize science. And I noticed in the Facebook group that I'm seeing topic posts start to begin up again trying to pit science against African spirituality. We need to cut that out. We got to be very, very careful with that because as Osar just demonstrated, is that just because Africans believe something does not make it automatically true. That's just like, that's like the appeal to authority logical fallacy. Just because Dr. Ben said it, it must be true. Crazy. No. So what happens is we have to question what the ancestors or um, everybody has said before because they could be wrong loud and wrong, just for us to repeat things over and over again, we could be repeating something wrong and ineffective. So science gives us the tools to allow us to know when something is known, and which means that we have the tools to discern. And if it's all wise, right, and exact, it should not be threatened and it should be able to withstand the scrutiny and the testing that science um, provides for us. So we should be very careful not to start demonizing science again, because you're gonna lose. Any type of argument or debate you're going to have with that, you're going to lose. I guarantee you that. <laughs> so, but I, but what I wanted to show just real quick um, before I forget, let me uh, if I could share my <clears throat> excuse me share my screen. Um, can you see my screen? Uh, I'm gonna put it up. Let me see. I'm gonna click on. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah, right there. Uh -huh. Okay, so I'm not sure if hopefully the uh, people in the audience can see it. Okay, so um, this is this is kind of you know kind of uh, just building, adding to what Osara has been saying. Um, as far as different cultures and ideologies, see, when we say reincarnation, we should always when we when we start talking about these polarized words, we really have to step back and slow things down and really define it according to 
the environment that is used in. Thanks. And that's what you did Unc, with the Hindu idea of reincarnation. And what, what people do is they'll take an idea from its environment and put it into a new environment, expecting it to act the same. You can't do that. A fish cannot like we cannot act the same way on land that we do in water. We got to We got to have scuba gear. We got to have an oxygen tank and everything when we go into water. Uja. Yes. Uja, hold on. Watch this. This is exactly what I said. This started the whole post with 300. Watch this. I said the conversation. I like to take people's conversation and spotlight them in a the group. The conversation at Dell Lewis. All right. He said, can someone tell me why reincarnation is why reincarnation is not DNA? That's what he's asking. Now, me, brother, Unc, I said, DNA is passed on. It does not die. You know, so so if you don't matter of fact, DNA is passed on to the next generation. If that person dies without having children, then the DNA is not being passed on. OK, I said it's, it's doesn't die. It comes back and say mm, it does not. It does not die and come back in another form, right? Footnote, reincarnation is a Hindu cultural religious practice. That's all I say. So Hinduism is, right? Uh, um, I mean, uh, reincarnation is a Hindu cultural practice. And nobody can get around that. I never mentioned Africa. I never mentioned who was first. None of that. From that point right there, we done had a whole week discussion on, well, you know, um, I can't agree with you that like it's, it's bananas, but go ahead and because yeah. you made a perfect point right there, right? From the cultural context I was talking about, right? right. First of all, whether it's African reincarnation or Hindu or whatever, European reincarnate, that's not DNA. Okay, what y'all say, but go ahead. And, and so, so yeah, to, to continue with that thought is, is that what we have to stop doing is that, and I give this example all the time with cars, you can't take a Honda engine and put it <laughs> into a Mercedes Benz and expect it to work. A Honda engine is made for all the Honda parts and everything, and it works very well as a Honda, you know, likewise. So Hindu concepts, they have closed systems, but that's a separate topic. What I want to uh, get to is, is fast forward your conversation with the folks in the group, because now people want to say, okay, the Egyptians practice or believed in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And then so all I ask as a scientist is uh, is to uh, give examples that highlight this or show support for that. And so one of the things that was given to me was the word which I have on the screen. And so people take that as support or proof that Egyptians believed in reincarnation. And so I dealt with them one by one as people were giving to me. I'm dealing with them one by one. So this is false. This word is not a as evidence for reincarnation here's mm -hmm. why the word literally means the word wehem means to repeat and the word mesut is the word for birth messy to give birth and mesut mm -hmm. is one that which is born so we have repeater of births that's what this word means literally the two separate words but now within the language itself it's not used literally that way when it's used uh, collectively as a as a phrase like this it actually means when it's used, it actually means to renovate, to renew, or to restore. And so people have to understand, and we do this all the time, even in English, we'll have words that are that have a literal meaning, but then we'll use it in the context and we'll have it'll be what we call an idiom. And so what I what I show to confirm this, first I gave a, a reference to a dictionary where you can actually see that it means renewal, renaissance, renovation, et cetera. 
But just to show further examples, I have three examples here. We have the phrase awud ib, and it literally means long heart. The word awud means to stretch or to be long and lengthy, and the word ib means heart. Now, that's literally what it says, long heart, but it's an idiom that means happy and joy. That's what it means when it when it's used in in the language in the text. We have another one, uh, wemet ib, which literally means thick heart, the thickness of the heart. But it's actually a, an idiom for bold to be courageous. You know, you're like, man, you got you got you got some heart. We say it in English today. You're like, oh man, that 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 little boy is about to fight those you know ten boys over there. Man, he got some heart. He got some courage. So we would use the phrase wemet ib. We mm -hmm. still use it today. Last one, uh, wasek ib. It literally means wide heart. What sec means means to be real wide, broad. And so we have ib. Nobody's heart is wide, that much wider than the next person's, but it actually means nice and generous, which means you have a broad heart, which means that you're being nice, you're being generous, you're giving. And so the wehemesut literally means repeat of birth, but it's only used to mean one who renovates and renovator. And this happens to be the name, one of the names of King Amen Emhet the first and so he changed his name to this name when he started the renovation project because he's the king of the 12th dynasty he's the king that ushered in the rent the the committee renaissance after the first intermediate period when it was civil unrest and civil war and so he changed his name as he who renovates or the renovator and it, and this so he has a name that says what has nothing to do with reincarnation or coming back in the flesh of another animal, plant, person, or whatever the case is. So that's just one example that was given to me, and we and we can show we can address it and shut that down. Now it's not to say that reincarnation doesn't exist, but we have to define it. And so if these are the evidences that people are producing and they're wrong, then they have to re rethink what they what they mean. And so this is the process of science. This is what Asar was saying. This is how you deal with stuff scientifically. Right. And so if if we were afraid, if we were the religious or belief minded people who don't question uh, the traditions because it's coming from the elders or whatever the case is, then we'll be loud and wrong all the time. So we can't be afraid and we can't demonize science ever because you will always lose. I guarantee you that. So that, I just wanted to share that. Uh, one, one, one other thing. The second uh, thing that was offered as um, support for reincarnation is the word mes chiyu. Mm -hmm. um, when you look it up in the dictionaries, uh, you will find that uh, one of the definitions given in dictionaries is reincarnation. But it means offspring, it, because that's listed in dictionary as well. So what does offspring have to do with reincarnation? And so this is what Asar mentioned earlier as well. Because in the Nile Valley, um, as well as other communities in Africa, the notion of reincarnation in, in that mind, in that uh, sense, was the naming of a child to rename the child that of, of an ancestor based on the collective characteristics or the personality or persona that that ancestor exhibited. The, and Asar gave a good example with Michael Jordan. So somebody may want to name their child Michael or Michael, uh, you know, after Michael Jordan uh, because of what Michael Jordan represents. Not that Michael Jordan comes back. Or whatever the case is so these things have to be considered so mesh to you simply means offspring you can find it in the text and it means offspring or descendant that's what it means it doesn't have anything to do with reincarnation in the sense of coming back dying and coming back you see what i'm saying so 
we have to be very, very particular. And this is what science gives us the tools to do, to discuss these things and to really, really um, unpack it and find out what's really going on with these things. So I just wanted to share um, those things. And last, lastly, what Asar said um, is about the naming, how, how important naming is. Because right. if, we, if we really, really look at what naming something actually is, uh, what, what everybody should be that's listening, look up the definition of definition. Like, look up the word definition. And you're going to find that the word definition itself means to limit something. And so Asar mentioned fields. And if we notice in Kemet, we have this field idea or notion called nun, the nini, the nun. And everything arises out of this field. And once it arises out of this field, it receives a limiter around it, which is its identity. And, and that limiter identifies it. What Asara called it was the, the uh, quantiz quanti quantization of that thing, uh, which is like he said, the Higgs boson is the quantization of the Higgs field. And so out of the noon, you, when you name something, you're actually differentiating it from everything else in the soup, in the, in the vast ocean of nothingness and, and eternal bliss or whatever, uh, abyss. So when you name something, you're actually giving a demarcated line or a limiter. You're actually defining something by naming it. So the word Ren in Rani Kemet means to identify, to limit, to define something. And once you lose that limit around something, it is lost. And so the names are important to keep up with. That's why people call on the names of people. And when you rename somebody, that's when they get the notion of reincarnation because you're keeping that uh, quantization of that thing alive or in memory to keep it going and that's all i wanted to say well I add on to uh basically what you just said so i i'm citing from my book again but i'm citing um uh ronald leprahone I'm, I'm for people who have my my book page 265 so i'm actually citing so this is the the chapter on the shinu and I argue that the word Shinu is a is an archaic word for name in the Egyptian language, and they were using the Shinu to rope. Wait, one, one second. Oh, second. Uh, um, Unc, I think you have it frozen on my screen still. Talk about that, Asa. Okay. All right, good, good, Asa. Okay. Um, so what I was saying is that uh, this is chapter fourteen, where I'm discussing the the ancient Egyptian Shinu. And what I argue in this text is that the word Shinu is a word for name. It, it, as a matter of fact, it's a dialectical variant of the word Ren, name. And that um, the, the ancient Egyptians used this as a rabus, the, the word for rope and the word for circle. This is why the king's name is surrounded in the Shinu. Um, they're just using uh, the rabus principle and, and paranimi, which of course the whole book is about parenting. Um, but in it, I, I talk about the importance of names. Uh, and so that's where my discussion is on the, on the concept of reincarnation, which is a kind of a subtopic for a greater uh, topic on, on the importance of the naming and the soul and all that good stuff. But the, the book that I'm citing from is Ronald Leprahone's The Great Name, Ancient Egyptian Royal uh, Tutulary. And on page six, um, I quote, in the end, it was a family's duty to keep the memory of a deceased relative alive. 
We're talking about ancient Egypt here. As the ubiquitous phrase to cause the name to live, sunk rent was applied to one's father, mother, or grandfather. We even encounter a brother causing his sibling's name to live. Again, the importance of naming and calling upon names keeps that memory and keeps that spirit or that energy alive. Once you lose the memory of your ancestors, that your ancestors, what I, one of the things that I argued in here is that the name is the ancestor. So when we're talking about our ancestors, you're just talking about their name. You're just talking about the memory of them. And, and when you get into these traditions, this is what they tell you. And so, you know, the ancestor isn't some entity that looks like us walking around some spirit realm, <laughs> you know, doing this, this and that. However, there are Africans that believe that. <laughs> because that's the base level understanding of things. And so we always have, you know, these discussions about the layers of understanding Bye. in African traditions, you know. And so the common entry level folks is, you know, the ancestors, but that's not what the ancestor is. The ancestor is the name. And, and, and it's believed that the name is a quantization of a, an energy, a type of... Um, uh, ability or, or some kind of essence or whatnot. And so to speak it, to invoke it, is to be able to bring that essence into being, into our lives. That's the same reason they, they have quote-unquote idols. You know, we've just replaced the, the traditional African idols with what they call today the vision board. Mm. You know, by concentrating, by putting these ideas and, and making an image of them and, and meditating and, and concentrating on that and working towards the realization of that goal, that's what spirituality is. It's making spirit energy into form, into reality, to quantize it. I have an idea in my head. I have some ideas for some shoes for African people to wear. I come up with object wear. It comes out of my head, out of the spirit realm. I discussed that. The spirit realm is your mind. And, and it's, 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 it's plain in certain African traditions. And so from the spirit realm, how do I make stuff come from here out into reality? And so we have all kinds of ways and mechanisms to do that, to keep these ideas alive into society. So we make quote unquote idols, we have rituals, we have um, festive festivities, events, all to keep these ideas alive and to put it in the forefront of people's minds. And so if people really want to deal with spirituality, you have to learn how to make spirit a reality. But you got to know what spirit is or a god is in the African context. And so that's what part one is in here. Part two is in the, the upcoming book where I discuss this in depth. And I'm using African sources. So y'all know me. I only when, when it comes to this stuff, I only use initiated Africans, you know, when they're talking about their traditions. 
on these things. And so when we understand this, it takes the spookiness out of African spirituality. And you come to understand that, you know, when you're doing science, you're doing spirituality. Now, people get spirituality and ethics mixed up. Yeah. Two separate things. You can be as uh, in the spirit because all spirituality is making spirit a reality. So, of course, we have to define spirit within the African context and then, you know, reality in the African context. And then, you know, say we go from there. But, you know, uh, when they invented the nuclear bomb, for example, the, uh, the, the hydrogen bomb, that was a great act of spirituality. Thanks. However, it was a also a great act of uh, <laughs> immorality because <laughs> more ethics is going to you know ask the question. See, spirituality asks the question: Can we bring this into existence? Ethics asks the question: Should we bring this into existence? <laughs> what will happen if we do? You know, because people don't understand. Like you, you bring. To bring one thing into existence automatically brings its opposite and other things. So there's always unintended consequences for things. And so you shouldn't bring everything to existence, but people get spirituality wrong. Spirituality has nothing to do with ethics. Nope. It's just about bringing um, ideas in your head from the spirit realm. And I think I discussed that in here briefly, but it's definitely in the new book. It, it, it's going to be more... Um, to the forefront. So okay, okay. So that's a that's a serious conversation, and and like I tell people in the group, don't poke the bear. See, you know, like we work as a collective group, and I just gotta say it, we're very very good in a lot of areas. I just gotta say it. So you know, what I'm saying when I when, when I'm online, I'm talking to you. I can't even pronounce the brother's name. Be Hudet Maya. Am I saying that right, Uja? B E H U. Uh, oh, you're talking about the brother, uh, the good brother, uh, Behudet Ma'at. Yeah, Behudet. He's all stressed out. <laughs> he said, Unk, you anti African. He's stressed out. I'm not anti African. And so when I say I'm studying science, you look up the word science, is to know, plain and simple. But to know what? To know how to, to know how to act crazy? To know what? What is it that you want to know? To know what? Knowledge from where though? From the study of the natural world. So it, it, it's crazy to think that the Africans weren't studying the natural world. You can just look at their culture. You, you do not make it on planet Earth without a understanding of the natural world. And your tribe lasts longer the more they know about the natural world. So you can look at a plant and holler all day long. If it don't heal the people and the tribe gets sick, and die out, you know what I'm saying? Then you didn't do a good job, right? Yeah. We know the Africans did great jobs. Look how long we let 160,000 years, 300,000 years, right? Before mutating outside of Africa, right? Uh, we was, we've been around for a long time. That means we had understood the interworkers of nature, medicine. You're not gonna make it here without medicine. You know what I'm saying? You is not going to make it on planet Earth without me. One of the most important things you got is to understand how to heal the people. Now, healing people using understanding nature, how is that not spiritual? 
if your grandmother can live longer, if the babies can live longer, right? If getting bit by a little mosquito, you know what I'm saying, could change the course of everything. So like, for instance, if you was to take a group of African-Americans that's all anti-science and they swear they super African spiritual, give them 100,000 acres of land, right? Send them to uh, 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 Southern America or send them somewhere in the Congo and say, this is all your land. Y'all be dead after the first year. The first thing going to get you is the mosquitoes. That little mosquito going to bite you. And if you don't understand a profound understanding, first of all, on how to even deal with medicine, right? If you don't have an understanding of evolution, you're going to be done in that first year. A little mosquito will finish y'all off. So we know these Africans had a profound understanding of things. So much so that right now, pharmaceutical companies routinely go to the Amazon, they go to all the rainforests, all in Africa, and they sit down with the tradition, right? The people that live in the rainforest, they sit with them. But why? Because they're, 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 they're detailing certain plants, certain effects on plants, right? And they go home and they synthesize it, right? Or invoke the, the vital essence within the plant and they sell it back to you. So, you know, when I was talking to Asan Wujai, I was making a point that based off of being underdeveloped, it was certain levels we didn't reach, right? So indigenous tribes, right, based off of what's going on today, they got to send their children abroad. They got to come back with those degrees in medicine and biology, right? But they got to come back and bring it back and immerse it back into the tradition. This is African being able to grow and transform. It always should have been that. You never, you never can be stuck. You know what I'm saying? If you stuck on Earth, you will die. How do we know? We know the other humans that 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 were on planet Earth, Homo habilis, Homo erectus, Homo gastar, Homo nilotti. You know what I'm saying? Homo neanderthal. Right? They all died out. They died out because they they no longer could adapt and transform in their environment. Why do you think we so successful as homo sapiens sapiens? Because we had a profound understanding of nature that has not changed. Now, since we've been caught up in a transcontinental kidnapping trade, now all of a sudden we're anti-nature. You can, if you anti-science and you're anti-nature, we're fully aware of people making hydrogen bombs and blowing up people. But we're also fully aware of the ability to split those same atoms, right? The heat you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, heat and light, whole nations, whole cities. You know what I'm saying? Right? We understand that. So science ain't evil. The splitting of an atom is not evil. Right? It's the people behind it that's evil. Science ain't evil. Nature's not evil. It's the way. It's it's the people. And so we had a profound uh, uh, morality code in Africa. And even with that, it was it took time. So you like people think we just floated around Africa, you know what I'm saying? We ain't never had no wars, no fight. Man, I like to bring you to quote unquote the um the Nama palette. That wasn't no whole lot of people from Europe coming. That wasn't nobody from Europe fighting. That's black people fighting. <laughs> but I saw I never get the time. I ain't gonna mention who you was arguing with. I ain't gonna do that. But the argument reduced to this. If that you say if the, the Africans would have had the hydrogen bomb, they would have used it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to uh real quickly, someone in the in the comment section uh, uh, said that you know, you know, after he asked the question, and this is Lex uh light side, unbreakable light side. Um he, he says the spirit is in the head and he you know question mark and then he lol so he's laughing and then he said the spirit is beyond reality this is why in my text i only quote initiated african scholars when they're talking about their traditions so that you know we cannot do the guesswork that a lot of folks do you got to look at it like this there's no such thing as beyond reality or beyond nature the concept of a supernatural is christian um and 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 islamic in africa the consensus is that Thanks. reality is an infinity you cannot be beyond infinity otherwise <laughs> it is not infinity right it is an infinite universe in an infinite reality so anything that exists exists inside of the infinity the infinity is existence itself so there's no beyond reality that's why i said earlier you have to define spirit and you have to define reality so in the text i define both using african languages and their words for reality so for example what is reality among the bantu speakers it's a word for motion things that move anything that moves is real there's nothing that doesn't move. Energy is always constantly in motion. There's no such thing as uh, 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 anything static in the universe. And then when we talk about this concept of time, time is simply the measurement of one phenomena from one inertial frame reference to another. And, and it's an infinite, you know, saying time. So you can't go beyond infinity. There's no, there's no one digit beyond infinity. And so the African people themselves, uh, they stated this and their words, like for example, the, um, in, in the Amazulu, one of their words for, um, for deity, for, for God is Lakobo. And Lakobo is a word for reality and truth. And then you get into um, the, the philosophy, for example, in Jordan and Gubani's um, text, 1979, um, The Conflict of Minds, and he gives a breakdown, and it has to deal with motion. And I cite this, you know, saying stuff in the text. I want to, this, this is one of the reasons why I said that any and all African concepts in which they argue is subject to scientific scrutiny because if it is real it can be measured mm -hmm. because it has motion it has some kind of effect somewhere and so you get a lot of these spooky people that think that you know that reality is this one layer and then something beyond that layer is some other kind of thing that this reality can't measure there's no such thing as this reality over here and then that reality over there that don't interact just because you cannot see the quantum world does not mean right. that the quantum world is something different 
if there was no quantum world, you would not have the, the up quarks, down quarks, the gluons, fermions, and everything else that make up the atoms, that make up the molecules that make up your body. The quantum world is part of your reality. And so we can measure certain things um, in, in the quantum world and things of that nature. And so we got to get beyond this spookiness uh, and thinking that, you know, that that science doesn't have um, that science doesn't have something to say about so-called things spiritual and why we got to be precise in our definitions and precise in our knowledge and understanding of things. A lot of folks are just getting information from from people who haven't studied this stuff or are simply practitioners. And sometimes the practitioners are the worst because they just live the reality, but they never studied it. <laughs> they never criticized it and put it to the test. They just go through life with the rituals and, you know, uh, and, and, and saying chants and things of this nature. And they think that they spiritual. And, and, you know, those are some of the, uh, the most dangerous people, but I'll end there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's going on, bro? What's going on? Hey, doing, man. Um, so yeah, I remember you did a show. We had to redo that show on Nama's Palette, and you brought some individuals in. The question I would just like to ask you is: Are uh, those individuals on those palettes were they people that lived inside of Africa, or were they foreign invaders? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think that's the ultimate question that everybody wondering when looking at the palette. Uh, we do see a people with a likeness that I would not say, I mean, you know, it's phenotypically African, you know what I'm saying? But we know we got all phenotypes. Right. I, I can't say, I don't want to, I can't locate these people. I can't place these people. There was a name for people actually written next to the man who was being slain, whether that was his name or the name of his people, these are all things we're left to speculate because of the limited uh, information that was placed on the pallet. And plus, you know, the context that we're trying to look at it in thousands of years later. But, I mean, I, I, I possibly would not be the one to say whether those were indigenous Africans or not. Okay, so I asked that question because it was a war going on. And it was on... I argue that it wasn't. Huh? You I argue that it wasn't. That it that wasn't a war. No, that it, it was a war, but I think these people were actual Asiatics. And when you when you look at the facial features of the, the people that are carved, they look like your typical um, uh, so-called Semites. Mm. And so one of the jokes, so if, if the stereotypical quote-unquote Negro <laughs> has wide nose and lips, what kind of nose does a stereotypical um, Jew have? <laughs> it's the hook nose. So when you when you look at a lot of these pictures, you're going to see the hook nose <laughs> of this group, and you see that on the Narmas palette, they were that detailed to even get the hook nose of these individuals. And this is one of the reasons why, even when you look at the hair that is is grabbed and things of this nature, it looks like those folks. And so my speculation is that these are Asiatics because you, you got to remember that Asiatics been coming into to the Delta 
um, since pre-dynastic times. Thanks. At times they had peaceful relations and other times they didn't, you know. And so, go ahead, I'm sorry. Order remove, did, so okay. This is the question. Was the war to remove the Asiatics or to unify the unify the country to get, you know, to, to unify the different countries together, different tribes together? And could Asiatics been part of those tribes? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, did the Asiatics have an actual country within Africa? And they, you know, what I mean, what that that's the situation I'm talking about. I I can't. No one can I can't that. say because it's not enough detail on the Narmer palette that'll let you know exactly what is going on. Like it's 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 not like you know the later text where they you know giving you the story and letting you know exactly who it is and where they came from and all this other kind of stuff. It's not that detailed. You just get some fragments of some scenes. We we know it's some conflict going on, but um to what's the reasoning behind it i don't think that is apparent on the on the actual uh normal palette itself i just look at when i'm looking at the the, the palette itself one of the things that i look at is the facial features okay and and again when you start looking because you start to see it in either in some of the other depictions of the asiatics at later periods is the hook nose uh and and so you you, you will hear Khalid muhammad talking about you know in the hook nose jew <laughs> and you know when, when he when, when when he goes off in on, on the Jews, but that's a um, that's that's a serious uh, uh, feature. But that's not to say that you won't find Africans with it either. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to to discuss, you know, what groups based on 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 race and phenotype that it was actually is, and which is why it, it's in, in, incumbent to really kind of identify the people by the names. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's just, uh, and I said it to say that uh, we have this uh, delusion of Africa, like we never fought, we, we walked around, we floated through the air, you know what I'm saying? We never had conflicts, we never did this, you know, nobody ever got sick. And I'm not sure if this is based off of uh, the situation that we're in now. Uh, I'm not sure that, hold on, let me, I need to um, invite since tonight. I'm, I'm just really trying to figure this out. like. Um, it's, it's, it's just very interesting, man. That's why, uh, it was some books produced, uh, like, like brother smash's book, the handbook for the conscious community, uh, your work, um, brother saw um, brother Wuja's work and, you know, my little work that, that a lot of these things we talking about in these groups, man, these things been worked out. You know what I'm saying? In these books and in, in, in this literature. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes I come off like the bullying group, but really I just be trying to stimulate conversation. And I know a lot of times I know a lot of the answers, but I want to stimulate thought. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even mind being wrong, but I never, as a person who don't read the language, right? I think I'm well codified, codified with people around me that do read the language and break down the language. And so these ideas of reincarnation, these ideas of wars in Africa, these ideas of the Moors, you know, these things were thoroughly discussed, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, in the Umrah squad. So a lot of new people coming in, you know, they just late. And, and this idea that I had, real black atheism, was based around demystifying African concepts by really studying Africa. What I found out was most people aren't studying Africa. You know, they're studying pseudo-Africa. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where everybody ran around vegans. <laughs> Crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so when I spoke of being a real black atheist, I was simply saying, I want to demystify Africa. Because as long as we got Africa mystified up, then, then the European know he got you beat, and he can always say, y'all was never scientific. Y'all never did this. Y'all never did that. Because the basis of growth and development is having science, having the ability to study nature. It's part of uh, uh, humanity's growth and development. So much so, the Africans say, man, we ain't teaching you about God. We're going to teach you about humanity. What it mean to be human? What it mean to be your brother's keeper? You know what I'm saying? That's really, I think we talked about that, um, Asal. You know, then we taught the world humanity. I think the Europeans taught the world about God and how to take your religion and murder and kill anybody. <laughs> the name of the God. It's crazy, man. So, I mean, it's I just find it to be very interesting, man. And a lot of these things, topics that we talk about the group, we kind of always dealt with that. Somebody want to add on? Yeah, Wuja, you want to add something to that? Hey, Sister Nye, you should have that link. Yeah, I just... Um... No, I just, I just, like I said, I just keep giving the same advice and encouragement that people, we should not, we got to be real careful about demonizing science. And I really think it comes down to, uh, and it's maybe on a subconscious level with people, but when we, when we dive into science and we get specific and we start to unpack things, people get threatened and they only threaten because they, ha they haven't done these things. And so it's it's a sense of running the risk of finding out that what you believe or hold on to may possibly be wrong. And you don't nobody wants to be wrong, especially if you've been practicing something for decades in your life. You don't want to be wrong. So so you have this thing of, of a pushback. But we need to relax and accept it, because if you are doing something that's all wise, right and exact, then science should not be a threat or the tools of science should not be a threat uh, to it at all. Science should be welcomed. And because we should always be scientific, because that's the way the world operates scientifically, meaning that everything has a, a, a reason or or um, a, um, a reason behind its phenomenon or its happening. And so we got to find that out. If we don't know, we have to just admit it and say we don't know. But can we know is the is the question. And we pursue that knowledge, which is what science does. And it gives us the tools to do that. So I wanted to say that. And then um, I, I wanted to say something about the Namir. Um, um pilot and things like that is that um what people have to realize is that kemet the statehood formation of kemet was done by predominantly three three organized uh communities and one of the main ones because i asked the question from the egyptians perspective from the remich perspective who are the nubians and in me answering that question or asking and, and creating that conversation um what people should come out of that is that in the Egyptians' eyes, in the Remich eyes, the Nubians were one of the triad groups of people that helped form the statehood or the kingdom of Kemet in the first place. These are the people that occupied the territory that archaeologists call Nakata, that the Egyptians themselves called Nubit, or the Greeks call Heraconopolis. Those three places are one and the same. And they were a major group of people that contributed to the formation of Kemet. And that formation occurred after these battles of, of um, people coming together and those who did not get down, they had to lay down. And so people who did not come to an agreement, they were forced out. 
And so the Namir palette represents this battle or or so on of, of these people who did not agree with the majority of these three contributory uh, uh, polities, pre-dynastic polities that came together to form the dynastic structure of what that we know as Kenya today. And so these eight, these West Asian nomadic folks that come into the Delta and things were part of the problem of those three major um, uh, pre-dynastic communities. And so there was fighting that was going on prior to the formation of the statehood. So I just wanted to include that so people can start to look into that. And is and the other uh, community is the community that we know in the location uh, the Greeks call Abydos, um, but the Remish called Abju. And so you had these archaic cemeteries there as well. Mm -hmm. And then the third one escapes my mind right now, but it's three main ones. Okay, so uh, real fast, uh, let's clear this up. Uh, you was in a discussion about uh, this, these things, um, and you were accused of stealing uh, Smash's work. Let's kind of clear that up real quick. Oh, <laughs> Smash, the pro Smash probably don't even know this because this happened like just within the past uh, three days. Yeah, let's just get that out. Let's name the sister. What's the sister's name? Okay, the sister is uh, Deidre McIntyre, and uh, I say sorry. Okay, uh, Hotel up sorry, sorry has to go out. All right, so hey, bro, you want to say something to end out? Uh, just peace and black power. That's it. All right, man, keep writing that book, man. Appreciate you, man. Um, you got one of them to be wind the tape type of moments on the information you laid down. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man, got studying to do. School started for me yesterday. Okay, so. man, go ahead and get that mind right, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, y'all. Peace, everyone. Brother Smash Peace, well. peace, peace. All right, peace. Yes, yeah, right. so. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna make this real short. Um, it looked like a smash had uh, rolled out too. All right, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I was kind of hoping he was to be here so he could hear it, because he might not even be realized this even went on. Uh, so hopefully he'll, he'll pop back in here. But anyway, so yeah, there he is. So, so yeah, so smash, you probably not aware of this, but in the past few days, well actually the past week, or two weeks, I've been on a um, focus on the Nubians and the relationship with the Egyptians. And really, it's about Kemet and the southern neighbors, to totally. So anyway, I have a different post up, you know, in different groups and on my timeline, whatever the case is. So fast forwarding, the sister, uh, Deidre McIntyre is her name, good sister, um, with an exception of, you know, <laughs> almost <laughs> with, with the exception of of uh, her violating logical fallacies on a consistent basis, which I pointed out. But anyway, so she accused me of stealing Smash's work, your work on the Nubians, not knowing she doesn't know me and she she doesn't know our history of the conversation. So she she was under the assumption that I just began talking about this stuff in 2018. And so I, you know, she accused me of, of stealing and this and that. So I had to show her screenshots <laughs> of, of our 2012 nice, long, good, very good uh, conversation slash debate that we had in the group. It was me, you, Asar, and I think Sanjetti chimed in on it. And we were talking about Ta-Nehisi and we were talking about Nubia or how, you know, the problematic use of the catch-all word Nubian and Nubia. And stuff. So I showed her just the screenshots, just showed that look, we've been talking about this for a long time. And then, so she she showed she she shows me your blog. You know, you did a blog, and I'm like, listen, how are you going to accuse me of stealing his blog when it is our conversation in the group that 
inspired the blog in the first place. Like he's addressing our conversation with the blog. In the blog. That's what the blog was. Yeah. Exactly. So I explained that to her and I, I swear for the life of me, <laughs> it didn't matter what I said. She still accused me of stealing it and that, you know, I'm a bad, bad character and stuff. So this is what Uncle's talking about to clear up. No, I did not. Uh, matter of fact, that was a really good conversation. And 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 we were talked about it in 2012. That conversation was December, November, December 2012, which is six years ago. So I had to tell her, like, look, I'm not new to this. The Nubians. So so, you know, my whole point, though, was to tell people that the idea of a Nubian in the Egyptian eyes was that the Egyptians themselves are the Nubians, that everybody that people when they describe people south of them, they didn't call them Nubians. They call them Ta-Nehisiu or the Nehisiu. And then they have broken up ethnonyms for people who yeah. live in that region. You had the Wawet, the Aram, the Satru the Yam, the Miam, and all these other people that are there. They didn't call them Nubians. And so, so my point was, who are these people today? And the only way we'll even be able to track them and trace them is if we start to recognize the individual names and stop this catch-all word with Nubians. And so that was my point in my post. And then, you know, so me and we got into it and so on. So anyway, I just wanted to clear that. So Uncle's, you know, saying clear that up. Yeah, clear that up, man. Come on, man. We be having prolific battle. Like, see, it's like, man, that's man, that was a prolific battle, man. Beat your way on the squad, yo. Well, I guess, I guess she uh I mean, I was flattered, first of all, by everything y'all just said. But I guess it's just a part of being on the same research team and we all stand behind what we think we know. I mean, that is just like you said, the conversation you possibly showed her inspired all not only that post but inspired the whole chapter or multiple chapters in my book it was all spawned from what we thought we found different in our research coming from the same team though Amara squad up and so that's all i mean if she knew i was Amara squad and you Amara squad then that's checkmate right there i don't even get it yes and she does and she did and she even mentioned that she said she said well Jao stole uh, his own, his own teammate, his own partner's stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> how you do that? Like, that's like, like Scotty stole the ball from Jordan, or however that worked. You know, I'm like, so listen, I showed her the screenshots, and they were really good. Matter of fact, even in the screenshot I showed her, I showed her where you even shared the link after you produced the blog because of the conversation. Like, you actually posted the link to the blog as a result of the conversation within the conversation. And I'm like, man, so, so, you know, so me and the sister had a fallout. So the sister accused me of attacking her character and, um, and I didn't, I just pointed out that she, uh, violates the straw man logical fallacies and so on. And she has a reading comprehension problem because, because if, if you're going to accuse me of stealing something, but then I show you where I'm part of the conversation that inspired the, the blog, then by you ignoring it, either you, you're doing it intentionally or you just can't read and comprehend what you're reading. And that's all I was saying. So, you know, that's that. Mm. <laughs> so um trying to wait for Naya to get in here. So I guess at the end of the day, man, look, we, we, ain't, we, we ain't never was playing with this. Nope, never was. And a lot of these conversations that we have in the group could be dealt with by just reading our books. Say it all the time, and it ain't so much promoting a book. Well, hell, I'm going to promote them damn books regardless. 
it's the point of man you got to read literature right you should do a literature review on subjects before you come in acting like you know this and act like you know that man because we've been it's been going on for for what we had about five six seven years now don't, don't we do it's interesting man so this this, this whole thing you know what i'm saying is calculating so i do it i shake the tree up you know what i'm saying see who say what crazy <laughs> I already know the answers to the test, and, and we and, and we hope to find people that you know can add to the work that we do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I say it all the time. Everybody on the team younger than me, right? So we don't want to be old grumpy men and old grumpy women, and the younger younger brothers and sisters that's serious with the scholarship, uh, saying what's going on now. So uh, like like let me give you a good example. So uh, a lot of the arguments in the community could be dealt with based off of people learning a language. You got Brother Wujah's class. Learn the daggone language. Hitting Brother Smash up, right? Man, he breaks down them glyphs, man. We had a show on here where Brother Reggie came out of nowhere and started testing everybody. And I've been around for all those tests. I've been in the damn museums, right? I know who can read. I know who proficient at reading meta nature. Everybody in the group, I know who do what. You know what I'm saying? That was Reggie's thing to see who could really, really, really read. Remember <laughs> them days. And so, I mean, it's a serious situation. So, point I'm making is elders in the community these days are making mistakes based off of not being able to read the meta nature. You know, me and Wuja we were talking about this. It's a lot of mistakes the elders made. Uh, the great Dr. Ben, one of my favorites, you know what I'm saying? Uh, made made few mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Probably made a lot of mistakes, right? A uh, lot of the elders these days, right? Most of them don't don't agree with biological evolution. You got to deal with Charles Finches of the world. Um, I know Professor Smalls doesn't. I know um, who was on that show of uh, Wuja with me when I called in saw nutters. It was uh, Info DC. Um, Professor Smalls and who else? Professor Kaba? No. Uh, Professor Kaba, I think he deals. I think he, I think he deals with that. It's I think he deals with uh, biological evolution. Me and him did a show together. He's straight with that. But um oh, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. Uh uh Sora, um Baba Heru. Baba Heru. And you know, they was kind of joking me a little bit, having a little fun, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And people took that and ran with that, right? And the reason I had to understand and be proficient in understanding evolution, because that 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 is like the quote unquote like core of understanding how we came from, you know what I'm saying, or why we wouldn't be Native Americans, you know what I'm saying, how the forces in nature, study of science, forces of nature is so powerful that naked human beings uh, uh leaving out of Africa, you know, developing clothes the whole nine yards would not be able to walk. Uh, those many miles without being transformed by their environment. And you would only understand this by studying evolution. There's no other way to get that. Like that whole conversation about the Native American thing is over with. You know what I'm saying? With tech, you tech, not certain technologies is needed. Uh, I'll give you a great example why the Native Americans is tripping. You do not catch a boat. Listen to me closely now. Let me show you how serious this earth is. See, we only we, we locked into our small portions. You do not build a ship, right? 
leave port on Monday, 45 days later, end up in North America, set up camp, and start living like it's nice, like it's lovely. It doesn't happen. The whole topography has changed. That one 45-day trip, the whole topography has changed. Things that were uh, considered medicines are no longer there. You don't understand it. Different foods. I like to give you the example. Why was the Europeans with all their technology shipbuilding, how come they got to North America? Uh, they did after two years, they was they was they, they was on their last stand. And then, then you know the Native Americans had to come through, you know what I'm saying? They was eating each other in the winter, starving. And I'm saying, man, they in the Chesapeake Bay. How can you starve on the Chesapeake Bay? Especially back then. You got fish diving on the banks, you got crabs for days, lobsters, crabs, shellfish, bay. Bay fit all every lake trout, everything, berries, turkeys. I mean, food for days. How are they starving, y'all? You know how? Because they was not familiar with the environment. The topography was different. The the, the weather, the, the 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 harsh winter, going from summer right to harsh winters. You know what I'm saying? Like they might have been used to little winters, but not having. Blazing hot summertime, they switch. They was used to none of that, and that wiped them out. If not for the native population that was there, right, they wouldn't have been able to make it. So it was it's impossible for an African tropical people to take a 45-day trip, end up in America, and get off the ship running. Food supply, or get out. You don't even know what trees are used to build your homes. Done with food to eat. So, um, well, how did the Native Americans do it? Well, the Native Americans was able to do it because they didn't come straight over. They walked. And over time, as they migrated, migrated, like you don't, you don't walk straight through. I know y'all think they walk straight through. No, migrations, weather's changed, food supply leave. You got herbivores. Uh, you got the vegetation leave and the animals to eat the vegetation, follow vegetation. Right, and the animals to eat the animals to eat the vegetation. You know what I'm saying? They leave, they follow the animals that's following the vegetation, right? And the omnivores, which is humans, follow the animals, which are carnivores. They follow the carnivores because the carnivores eat the herbivores, and the herbivores eat the grasses. And they follow these things over time, over time, over time, ending up in different topographies, different environments. Over hundreds of thousands of years, the oldest farms we have in North America goes back to about maybe 20,000 as of uh, 2018. So they took their time and migrated. And as they migrated, taking their time to different environments, they start to learn different foods. So by the time they get to the Bering Strait area, by the time they take their boats and start to go down the, uh, the, the, the kind of boat down the, the, the coast, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? They're used to that environment. They're used to the food. You just don't pop up. And for the life of me, these arguments could be over with if people just were scientifically literate. The Egyptian arguments could be over if people learned the meta nature. Would be, it wouldn't even be that. So that's why I have fun. I don't know. That's a, a point that I champion behind. You know, my whole stance, and I and I and I'm unapologetic about this. And I said it on our show previous uh, tonight is that um, in order to see my goal is to raise an army of scribes and people proficient and competent in the language, because it's only by way of the language that 
people are, are will have access to the genius reality of the Nile Valley and the yep. people. That's it. And so because people did not do that, there's a lot of mistakes and handicap that our esteemed scholars, whether they're still alive or have, have transitioned and become ancestors now, that they are open themselves up to have a few mistakes. And so we have to re-examine and reevaluate it as we gain our knowledge today. And so that's what we we do. And I know, like, for example, in uh, Smash's book, Handbook uh, the, uh, to the Conscious Community, he readdresses some uh, issues in there, uh, along with addressing the the hot topic at that at that time about homosexuality and Kemet and stuff. Um, Asar's books are are reaped with with the reexamination of of different things. And so this is the 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 trend that we're going to have to set, and we're already set and and do. And matter of fact, these scholars even ask us to do it. I was checking the job. He has a he has a um, in one of his videos, Asar uh, quotes him saying. For, he telling people, look, don't take what I'm saying as if it's, um, you know, the end of the end all be all like check behind me, correct me and take my work and and go forward. That's the gist of what he's saying. And a lot of scholars will say that. So when we come along and do that, people can't get mad. Don't get mad. Relax. You know, we're not disrespecting the elders. We're not disrespecting African spirituality by being scientific about it, because, you know, when you find out. You know, even the Africans you're talking about were very scientific. And so it's just our perception of different things. And so we have to correct that. And we spend a lot of time doing it. And we just got to continue to do it in a more organized way. You want to add something, Smash? No, that's not much I can add to that right there. I do agree with everything the brother was saying. Uh. I just probably want to chime in on something a little bit different. Uh, you know, the need for more builds like this and us to get back on this, get back on this platform and build more often about uh, various, a wider range of subjects. You know what I'm saying? And um, not to say that we don't already cover a wide range of subjects, but I, I do miss building live with the Amara squad. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to speak towards us knowing that it's a necessity that there's people out there watching and people out there who actually, you know, appreciate this information. And so we should, like, you know, we need to step up and get back on it. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that because, uh, as you said, that that one of, the, one, of the, one of the hottest videos we've done was when we came together, and it was out the blue for us, but it was a real time discussion. Like it, it wasn't like we had a backdoor discussion. And then we say, OK, we're going to say this. It wasn't like pre-scripted, pre-planned. And OK, we're going to go live and do this. No, we went live in real time. I think we brought up the um, the uh, the Stella with the word Israel in it. And we start breaking it down like yeah, in, real, in real time. I don't know if you remember that smash, but but like everybody loved that. We were just discussing, talking. Uh, tossing ideas around, pulling up the dictionaries, pulling up the words, pulling up what other scholars were saying, you know, and that's what you do. That's what that's what I think people miss that. Yeah, I do remember that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm ready. We <laughs> remember we figured it out that the white boy kind of colors them wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can see we we found some all type of flaws and everything. It was, <laughs> but uh. I see the sister sending a message trying to get in. I, I, I can't share the link. Mine's is blacked out at the top. I don't know what's happening. 
I, I invited straight from here to say you got it through your mail, right? That's how you got it, right, Smash? Oh, yeah, I got it through my email. Right, and I'm inviting it through the email. I don't understand how they... This is probably what's happening. You got to have your Hangouts app open, uh, Naya, because... What's gonna happen is if you don't have it open on your phone or whatever, you it's gonna ring to you and you won't be able to see it ring or, or or whatever. Or you might have your Google Hangouts notifications off. I share the stream. Oh, she said it said it's not ringing or something. Oh man, I know she's not blocked over here. That's crazy. You going to the you know how sometimes it go to the visual pages to do you like that. Remember. Remember that smash? Yes, sir. Said, no, just when, when, when you sent the leak at first, I couldn't get in. It was just taking me back to Google Hangouts. Oh, well, how, how it work? How you get it? it uh, for some reason, you won't be sending the right link. You be sending the link that take me to want to download the app. Man, I see you do the thing. Uh, what happens is when you when you copy and paste it, after you paste it, sometimes the, the URL is, is uh, truncated. It, you got to get the whole URL. Yeah, I did. I, matter of fact, I did watch this. Let me do this. I sent it directly from the um, copy. I sent it to her directly from the, um, uh, you know, from the Hangout itself. I'm going to do this again. Oh, she said she, she did check it out. She got, uh, the early yes. early morning so yeah but uh uh yeah smash so we got to get back in into into that man i think uh we all miss that and plus that's fun see that's that's you know that keeps things uh what do you call it it keeps things balanced because you know we're not saying we're know-it-all like people can actually see the process unfold of learning and researching like like you know we, it's it's like people we like set it up where people could be a fly on the wall and here we are just having a discussion about different topics. And that's where it's at. I think if more people did that, then we won't have this adversarial attitude in the in the in the community where I'm better than this person or you know, I know something you don't and whatnot. If we all just come together and put our minds to it on different topics and pull all the resources and see what comes out in the wash. That's you know, and we we kind of kick that off. So we do have to get that um get that going again, get that started. Yeah, especially with this winter coming back, I was trying to figure out what subject I want to dedicate myself to up until next summer. I got about a good six months that I could put into some research uh, going into 2019, but I, don't, I haven't had a subject or any. Uh, I was looking through some of my unfinished research and was like, maybe I'll pick up on this. But it's normally those type of discussions that fuel the fire to want to go in on a uh a deep research, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. That's why that's why I picked up back up on the um the Egypt Egyptian southern neighbors uh situation. How how did the Egyptians because see in 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 a separate research that I was doing, I've been coming across literature where the Egyptians themselves describe their southern neighbors. And I noticed that our elders scholars would always say that the Egyptians and the Kushites are one and the same and blah 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 and, and we always say that Kush is the grandmother mother of Egypt etc but here I am I'm looking at the actual literature with Egyptians that if you said that to them 
they would slap you. They would be offended that you would call them or say that they're the same as the Kushites or or any of their southern neighbors. And they and and you can see in the text why and stuff like that. So and these are things I'm bringing forth and bringing out. So to re revisit that and then you realize that wait a minute they never called these people Nubians. Nubians were themselves. And so and then you get into you know the Kush Empire, Napata, and later Moreau and everything, and you can start seeing the picture unfold a lot better. So I may kind of focus on that um, over these uh, winter months. Kind of well, that's interesting. I would like to see how uh, what you brought forth or what you prepared to bring forth would differ from the similar material that was exploited by Stuart Tyson Smith to say that, yeah, they, they didn't want to sound, I mean, they would slap you if you called them the same as this because of because the Southerners were Negro. And I know you don't have the same answer, and that was just like some gross exploitation by the white man to do that. But I do presume that it's some of the same textual findings about uh, not liking, uh, in the book, Wretched Kush. Yeah. And, uh, and not to uh, visit a Tyson Smith explanation of Wretched Kush, but I'm pretty sure that would uh, also point to or address some of the things that you are uh, finding about uh, the sentiment towards the Southern neighbor. Yeah. And that's a perfect, I'm glad you said that because what, what this discussion would do, you know, a future discussion we will have on it, it will re-examine that, that guy's uh, material and show that it's not because they were Negroes. It had nothing to do with that, but it, but there are things that are there in place. So what we what we end up doing is we're going to straighten it out. We're going to straighten it out and exactly what they saw and why they would feel that this way and that way uh, for it. And I could just say now, just the gist of it, I know why our elders, our elder scholars like uh, Dr. Ben, Shekhanta Giop, and, and the likes would always say that Kush is the parent or grandparent of Kemet. And now I know why they say that. And you have to realize the climate in the 1970s and 80s was that Egypt was a product of West Asia or Europeans. And the Egypt was not black. The black people are the Kushites or the Ethiopians. Mm -hmm. so, so, so European scholars full-heartedly admitted that the Ethiopians or everybody south of Kemet was black. So, so our elder scholars, in order to push back about Egypt, they said, well, if we can prove that Kush or that the south is the origin of Egypt, then that will allow us to prove that Egypt is black. So they went that route. And in doing and in doing that, they focused on certain things and left out other things. And so we have to clear that up and clean that up. And so that's that's what I'll probably deal with throughout, you know, this winter with with things like that. Uh, but it had nothing to do with skin color or them being Negroes, because that word in black, that that's not there. Remember, we, we talked about this, uh, that Ta Nahisi, the word Nahisi does not mean Negro or black, but that's what they translated as <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> So that's how they got away with that. So we're going to straighten that out. That's, that had nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got any questions in the chat room? We don't make, we don't make no super long, no, no, no. But we are, for sure, I, I keep saying to do the regular, um, uh, regular, one, at least once a week. We got to do at least the once a week uh, thing. And yep, in fact, we did clean up the community. And it's time to clean the community up again, goddammit. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, and, and the best place to start is in that group. So, hey, Smash, how your um, how high road day go, bro? 
Oh, high road day. <clears throat> 2018 was a success. If anybody listening was out there, and we want to thank y'all for coming out. Uh, we had a beautiful turnout, Oakland, California. I got to move the event closer to uh, uh area called Jack London, which is kind of like a, a a business district, I would say, uh, on the water in Oakland. So it was the event wasn't on the water, but the turnout was wonderful. Uh, all the artists loved it. I want anybody on uh, listening to the show to go on Instagram and type hashtag High Road Day, H-I-E-R-O-D-A-Y, maybe 2018. And you will be able to see, uh, you'll be able to see people's reaction, all the artists. We had Black Thought and the Trifecta, you know, Black Thought of the Roots. We had Talib Kweli, Freddie Gibbs, uh, The Far Side, a lot of other acts that I just, that ain't coming to me right off the top. Richie Rich. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. What I want to venture off into for tw looking forward to 2020 is doing festivals in other cities, uh, doing different type of festivals, not just music festivals. I want to do some cultural festivals and taking some of the knowledge I learned about uh, crowd control and handling large crowds and bringing that to the community. You feel me? Hmm. Yeah, man, that Hyrule Day, man. We had to get down there next year, man. Somebody had to kick some knowledge in there real quick. Something. A table of knowledge or something there, bro. Oh, yeah. It'd be, all kind of, it'd be a little bit of everything in there. You'll be surprised. No, nah, I ain't surprised, bro. It's successful, man. You're rocking Hyrule Day for a month. No, no, man. So, um, uh, it, uh, you, you titled the show. I don't see any questions, by the way, uh, right now. But you titled the show Reincarnation Fact or Fiction. So what's your answer? Uh, one, uh, reincarnation is a cultural practice. Two, it's not scientific. And it don't have to be, but it's just not scientific, no matter what they say. <laughs> so a person practicing a religion would not call it fiction, right? Um, just like Jesus come back to life is not fiction to them. He's not. Okay. First scientific mind will say if you try to make that a fact, reincarnation, right? We would call that pseudo. Fact All right. But but just for just to, not even to play devil's advocate, but as uh I learned at the topic of the show, and I would take an opposite stance of what you're taking. I would say that I would believe. And I, I mean, you know, you already got me because I said believe, but <laughs> I would say I believe that reincarnation is a, a thing. I would just say that I believe is a thing. And let me explain why. Because it ain't got to be explained like it's explained in Christianity. What we're dealing with is the consciousness inside of a corporal body. And then that consciousness leaves when that body expires. What you telling me is that consciousness can't return to another body almost just as intact as it was when it was in the first body. Some people call it the spirit. And then we start talking, you know, we take it into the religious terms, but not in the religious terms, in the scientific terms, the consciousness that fuels our thoughts can exit your body upon your expiration into the cosmos and enter into another vessel intact in that same way. Science would tell us so because it's just energy and you think you got multiple combinations, yeah, right? 
What you say? I didn't say nothing. Somebody was that wasn't me. Oh, we finally got you in. How you doing now? Nah, you gotta mute your mic. You gotta mute it. Oh yeah, you gotta mute that mic. Okay, go ahead, y'all. Smash. Oh, so think about what I'm saying. Let's just do it mathematically, right? Go ahead. <laughs> it's like billions of people on the earth, however many billion on the earth, right? We know we got that one math equation. Seven billion. So, seven billion. Now, mm -hmm. we're just talking about the living people. Would you attribute that to being seven billion different consciousness? Or no, a lot of those people overlaps and got the same type of view. Um, for, let, let's define what consciousness is first. Okay, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I don't want to be the one to define exactly what consciousness is, but I'm going to give you what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say what we're talking about. Okay. We are talking about, I mean, and just in my terms, we are talking about the, uh, the underlying, you know what I'm saying, the under, what fuels your thoughts, not even your thoughts, or what fuels your actions, or what fuels, I mean, I'm talking about the underlying essence to the neurons firing and coming up with a thought, you know what I'm saying, uh, consciousness, and I don't know if that's how any other uh, person describes it, but that's just what I, uh, how I would describe it right now. How about you, Ujahu, or uh, uh So how, let me say this, so how would, if consciousness can leave one one mind and go into another, how does the, does it make a determination? Do it go into a squirrel's mind, right? Do humans got a conscious blocker to stop them? Like what what develops consciousness? And I would say it's the development of the frontal lobe that actually develops consciousness. So you need a brain, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I think the human brain is one of the most. I mean, I ain't gonna say, I ain't gonna take nothing away from other animals. But the way that the evidence provided on the earth by what we've built and how we communicate and all the things we are uh, able to do with our brain, I would say that we might have one of the one of the most, you know, they got dolphins, all this stuff, but we might have one of the most advanced brains that would that should suffice to say that if consciousness had to all right, just take it. I mean, I smoke. We got THC. Look, look, check this out. We got THC receptors in our brain. Okay. That means that the chemical that is extracted from the plant, it was it, it, it was made to be received. Now I'm saying it could be like that for consciousness too. We could have consciousness receptors in the human brain that aren't in the squirrel brain or aren't in the other brain. I don't even know if a squirrel has THC receptors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that. I ain't heard about the TNC. Uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Wuda. Yeah, I want to say, uh, first of all, I, I, you, you brought this up in the in the uh, group in the Amara Squad group, and you basically kind of kicked this whole conversation off. You stirred the pot, which is good, and that's what we that's what we do, you know. So it's good. So what I did in the group as well, I wanted to kind of slow it down and lighten the lighten the load up a little bit. And so what I said was, if everything is everything. And that's what the consensus is in Africa. Everything is everything. A lot of people will agree with that. Everything is everything. There's nothing beyond the net natural. There's no such thing as really supernatural because nothing's beyond that. It's an infinite infinity. If that's the case, then everything is a reincarnation because everything is everything. So when new thing, what we perceive as new things coming about is really a change of a previous thing because 
it all comes out of this same substance, same soup. Now, if we want to be very, very strict and use the word reincarnation for what it means as to be flesh again, re and then incarnate, carnate, carnal, which is the flesh, the human, the flesh of the body. So it's like to take on a body again, be made flesh again. And we could define flesh. Flesh, flesh doesn't necessarily mean human flesh all the time. It means to materialize, to quantize what Asar brought up earlier. And what I said earlier applies to this conversation is that when things come into existence, what is really going on is that you are identifying something from everything else and what you, in order to do that you have to set up a barrier around that thing and to make it different from everything else otherwise without that barrier it would just appear as everything and what how we do that is is with the name we when we name something we give it a definition without a definition a thing doesn't exist everything that exists has an innate definition or else it wouldn't exist so reincarnation is to redefine something as well so so what people are thinking like okay this consciousness leaving and coming back that's what the raul neu peret imheru is explaining that's why you have the word peret imheru to exit to come forth to move somewhere that's describing movement into consciousness heru consciousness so all, these people had a description of these things but they all don't match and so we have to be careful of how we're defining reincarnation like smash you said you start off uh, perfect. You said it's reincarnation, but not how a Christian would would describe it or whatever. And so that's really, really critical and important to this kind of discussion is how we defining these terms and, and what what goes along with that. So that's why I asked you that. Unk. So because you titled the show Reincarnation Fact or Fiction. But if you don't define reincarnation, man, it's going it's going to be all over the place. Well, you asked us tonight. How you doing? I'm Ross brought our voice of fire. What's good? Hey, brother, Unc, brother Smash from Jawu. Y'all sounding real pseudo on here right now. I'm gonna share some more stuff I learned since our last bills. That's gonna have you questioning me, but let's uh, build. We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to push that consciousness thing. I gotta see that. I gotta see that. That cowboy. Receptor. I need to see if it's gonna spark my consciousness. Alright, all right, well let me break something down with y'all. Y'all heard of the double slip since y'all big on science. Y'all heard of the double slip yeah. test, right? Yeah, yeah. Break it down. Y'all know that it, it, a particle won't do the same thing once it's being observed, right? That's right. Y'all know that, right? A particle, uh, see if a particle, a particle may take the form of a wave. Or it may take the form of a solid. I mean, basically, it will stay just like one individual particle. But what changes uh, what changes its form is observation. And it, it, I'm talking about like peekaboo. Like if you open your <laughs> eyes, it do something else. The, the particle. If you open your eyes, it changes. And when you close your eyes, it changes again. And so when we start talking about how consciousness affects things, now we're talking about on a quantum level, but there is scientific, you know, proof that consciousness actually exists. I mean, is a thing, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I know the Scientific American um, in this month issue, it has, you need to check that out, humans, why we're unlike any other species on the planet. So they were going into 
kind of what you're talking about on a metaphysical, physical realm and how consciousness is sparked. So if you get a chance, check that out. But, you know, with consciousness is, is various ways to look at it. It's, it's not one way. You know, it, it, it depends on a lot of um, different factors. If information like Brother Smash is going deep, like mathematical, scientific, you know, um, but really consciousness on uh, just a human, basic human level is, is complex, but it's very simple because the brain, um, the different aspects, frontal, um, all those different aspects, it has the ability to retain lots of information. And so um, when for me, I'm more of a behavioral scientist or behavioralist in terms of therapy. So I'm always looking to see what I can prove and what I can see and measure. And so for me, consciousness is basically a collection of experiences. Um, there's both the um, subconscious, the things that you really don't know that you're aware of, and then there's the conscious stuff, the stuff that you um, it's your remote memory, your recent memory. And so all of these things drive your consciousness, um, your feelings, your hunger, your knowledge, your education, your everything drives your consciousness. So um, ironically, in a conscious community, we call ourselves conscious. And the reason why we call ourselves consciousness because we become aware of certain things about our culture and our people. Uh, can I can I interject right there? Sure. Because I, I, if you don't mind, because you said we become aware, and we're talking about consciousness. And I just want to point out that when I was talking about the scientific test, it was it's not metaphysical science. It's the straight science you learn in school. And what I meant by the particle Quantum mechanics. But go ahead. The, yeah, the, exactly. The particle uh, either staying a solid or taking the form of a wave is when we open our eyes is awareness. Is This is what I mean. Exactly that term you just pointed out. Awareness. This particle is aware that you opened your eyes and looked at it because it takes a different form every single time. And so we lead into the, uh, the, this is just a sub conversation and the bigger conversation of reincarnation. And we, uh, we are attempting to define consciousness so that we can move forward. But with that being said, what observation is being made by the particle on the quantum level to know that something is aware of it, I mean, that's just like almost a, a, a scientific conscious detector, uh, uh, I mean, so to speak. I mean, to say that it is real. If you open your eyes and are aware of this particle, it changes form, which proves that our awareness has a physical place in our in this existence. You see what I mean? Let me read this to me. Let, let's get what the double slit is. And, and I think y'all are going to appreciate this. Uh, in modern physics, the double slit experiment uh, is the uh, demonstration that light and matter can display characteristics of both classical and defined wave particles. Moreover, it displays the fundamental uh, um, probabilistic nature of quantum uh, mechanical phenomenon. It says the experiment, and watch this, was first performed with light by Thomas Young. And of course, the Metanetic scholars know who Thomas Young is. Bet you ain't know that, did you, Smash? In 1801, right? In 1927, 
uh, Davidson and, 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 and Germer demonstrated that electrons show the same behavior, which is later extended to the atoms and molecules. What they do is the pseudo take that experiment and they start saying all kind of things. But really, they were shooting electrons, right, being through the double slit screen. And it showed up. So y'all can actually go back and look at that. The pseudo take that and make all kind of stuff out of it. But but Thomas Young, the one one of the white boys that helped decipher the meta nature, y'all got to know that he was way smarter than Young pseudo and general contractor because he wrote the first treaty, treaties in physics. So that's how that's the type of minds it took to go ahead and decipher that meta nature. I just wanted to say that. And let me break down that a little further in layman's terms. So for people who don't understand what we're talking about, like they talking about double slit, trying to go deep, just let's simplify it. Just act like you just grabbed a curtain, right? A big old 10 foot curtain and you hung it up and then you cut a slit on the left side and you cut a slit on the right side. Now you got a curtain with two slits. Now you pick up, you got a, you got a, a, a thing of baseballs, a bucket of baseballs. Each baseball represents a particle. If you standing in front of that curtain and you throw a baseball through the slit, you know science is gonna make, and it's a wall behind the slit, let me add that. You throw the baseball through the slit, you know scientifically that it's going to be a mark where the ball hit on the wall behind that slit and only behind that slit because that's science. Because this ball is a solid, it's one object, and it's going to follow its trajectory through the slit until it hits the wall. Now you got two slits. You see what I'm saying? And you got one particle. Now what they start now, this is what they found on the wall behind it. There's a pattern called an interference pattern. So you get two patterns. You get the pattern I was just talking about. When it's a solid particle, it's gonna hit like a dot on the back of the wall. But when it turns into a wave, it collapses the particle function, turns into a wave, and then when imagine an ocean when you start a wave. If you just splash on the water, the waves go out in unison, right? Mm. But if you splash two, if you splash with both your hands, you start two waves that eventually touch each other, and then they disperse the waves. Well, in science, that's called an interference pattern. The pattern that is left when two waves touch each other and interfere and start to disperse is called an interference pattern. So we're still talking about this curtain that you hung up on the wall and you throwing balls through it and you know they landing on the back. But when you close your eyes and throw a ball through the curtain, now you're not getting these single marks on the back of the wall. You're getting interference patterns on the back of the wall, like splatters of water all over the place. And furthermore, when you keep throwing the balls individually, it's, it's crazy because it starts to get uh, into like this random probability, but not to go too far. I just wanted to kind of explain how that was functioning. And I know we're going to stay on this without getting back on the reincarnation. Let me segue over into. Yeah, so how is you, so, so how is you putting that together with the reincarnation though? And, and the that's what I was trying to segue over yeah. is because the, the whole Sign point, the whole point is this, mm -hmm. the particle Mm -hmm. collapses function into a wave upon our observation, upon becoming aware that we are looking at it. 
And that's just a fact. It, it changes, and they can't understand. That's why when you was reading that first sentence, they was talking about a mysterious scientific phenomenon or whatever they were saying. This is what they're talking about, how upon us opening our eyes, then they tried to trick it with all kind of different methods. They said, okay, we can't use our eyes. Let's use mirrors. Let's use a tape recorder. All, and they did all of these things, and it gets more mysterious. But not to, we'll talk about that on a different show. What mm -hmm. I wanted to manifest is that consciousness is almost proven scientifically that awareness has a physical effect on the particles that make up our body. Mm -hmm. I just wanted that to be known before we start talking about how consciousness can leave one body and go into the next. Hmm. So then, if we agree to that, then 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 stop talking shit about white people, because y'all had to reincarnate white. If we all come from the same human source, then the consciousness don't just go to black people. It goes well, to black we people. also talked about receptors and shit, right? Mm -hmm. And we also noticed that the nature of man that you just observe without even this conversation, you always ask your question: How could they be like that? Maybe some people can't pick it up, you know what I'm saying? And maybe some people are in, I'm just saying, but but I don't look at this, uh, let me say something, I'm not looking at this religiously. I've been on a, a whole other theory that I've been studying and, and it rings more true to what I see as real. A lot of our religious people are creation. Yeah, creationists. Uh, and I know a lot of the Amara squad family, we teach evolution, but it might sound strange and weird, but the I've been on that simulation theory lately. It rings a lot truer to, uh, you know what I'm saying, some of the mystery that life provides. Uh, a lot of the unanswered questions are uh, answered in that theory. But not to go off on a tangent, I still want to say that uh, my standpoint on reincarnation being that I think that these energies can use the same containers uh, throughout time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You want to add something to that, Wu Jiao or Naya? Oh, Naya didn't even finish the makeup point about the reincarnation, did you? No, I was on consciousness. I was just um, trying to build the case. Yeah, I think that, you know, in terms of consciousness and on that level, I think that there's enough opportunity for us to explore a little more and, and get on that level. Um, I know with, from the perspective that I use, which I think that whatever perspective that you use and um, whatever information you study and you know, you're confident in it, move forward. Because like I said before, like there's so many different perspectives on consciousness. I tend to use more behavioral specific stuff um, and cultural specific thing. For me, um, conscious, our consciousness is, is highly, highly, highly influenced by cultural um, practices and norms. Um, if we look at the definition of culture, just the basic definition from dictionary.com, you'll see the quality, the definition of culture is the quality in a person or society that arises from a concern for what is regarded as an excellent in arts, letters, manners, scholarly pursuits, that which is excellent in arts and manners, particular from a stage of um, civilization. Some other definition is development or improvement of the mind by education or training, the behaviors and beliefs, characteristics of a particular social, ethnic, or age group. So number five, the last one, the behaviors and beliefs, 
characteristics or particular social ethnic um, or age group. So the, the, the idea of reincarnation is a belief system. Mm-hmm. And that belief system is strongly um, rooted in Hindu culture. Um, we can look at African culture, like Ujjawu said, everything is everything and say, you know, reincarnation exists. We can look at the Yoruba culture and see elements and concepts of reincarnation. Um, we can look at many different cultures around the world and we can see different concepts of um, a reincarnation. But the bottom line and the reason why we're here today is because reincarnation, how we view it in this culture, which is basically coming back and taking a different form, whether it be an ant or animal, a donkey, uh, whatever you gonna come back in is really deep in Hindu culture. Unless you have studied Hindu culture, it may sound crazy to you. And um, but we we have to as African people stop just labeling things as African just because we see um, um, interjections or different concepts in African culture. So why we're here today is because Unk made that point. He was talking about Hindu culture, and somehow the whole entire conversation got hijacked by people who haven't studied any culture and (laughs) insist that reincarnation is African culture. Now, when you look at culture in general, you just can't look at one aspect. You have to look at the psychology of the people. You have to look at how they viewed the natural world, the oncology, the what's the other one, oxymologies, all emologies, and see how they generally approach things and belief systems. When you look at ancient African culture in its prime pre-colonial times, you do see concepts of um, reincarnation, but like Ujawu has said, like um, Harold has said, like a lot of people have said is that for the most part, they was trying to stop it. They didn't look at it as something that was to be um to be um, worked towards like Hindu culture. So like one of the things that we have to do as African people, especially online, because it's just getting so bad, is that we have to stop, think and plan. So if we're talking about Hindu culture, let's try to review what Hindu culture is and evaluate that. And then we can compare and contrast that to African culture. Like we are so, so insistent on getting validation from others that we just continue, continue to put the African label on every and anything, which worked well when, you know, in the early 1960s and the 70s, when Chancellor Williams, you know, uh, John D. Jackson, um, um, Dr. Ben, um, a lot of the other scholars were working to challenge the academic institutions who were trying to whitewash history. But right now we're in a different phase. So it calls for a different instrument. Like we just can't put a label of African on everything. We have to be able to demonstrate that point in case with the native, the people around calling themselves natives and indigenous to Americans. They are insistent on being Native American, but none of them can demonstrate that they're Native Americans. So um, I think for me, reincarnation is found in Africa. It may be rooted in some belief systems in Africa, but 
Christian is also, Christianity is also found in Africa. Islam is also found in Africa. There's a lot of different cultures that are found in Africa. So just because you see it there doesn't mean that it is African. And also just because it is African doesn't mean that we want to necessarily take it and then apply it to our current situation. Because guess what? Does reincarnation work for us right today? How is that going to help me pay my bills? Like, is it going to help me just dip out and get out of this debt that I'm in and not pay my student loans back? I mean, if it ain't helping me here and now, why do I give a damn? So it's just like, I said all that to say, I don't know if I'm rambling or not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little irritable. Can you talk about how um, <laughs> is brought in? I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, so- you talk about, we kind of talked about the cultural practices that are actually brought into Africa that you seemingly think they were somehow part of the ancient culture, but it's not. But that's unfair, though. But that's unfair. I'm not trying to do that, but let me just say what I'm thinking. And you know, I'm going to get you on that double split, though. I'm going to get you on that. All right, you. now, you know, you're going to be like, this boy's sharp. Right. Hey, check this out. <laughs> on this one. <laughs> keep reading, keep reading. But listen to what I'm trying to say. The conversation is reincarnation, fact, or fiction. Right. Not reincarnation, African or Hindu. Right. So right. whether it was Hindu or not, it could still be a fact. Yeah, you. Yeah, you can't quantify that or measure that. That's the point. And, and, and so we, the, the best thing is to put it with. Uh, so if we talk about like DNA, right? We understand that um, DNA is the essence of human beings. So, so everything comes from the DNA. The way your heartbeat, your skin color you know, different alleles and all that. Everything that you have comes from your DNA being passed on. It's passed on, you know what I'm saying, through childbirth. So if uh, you don't have children, then your DNA does not pass on. And, and, and that's how evolution occurs, is by DNA being passed on and certain certain mutations, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that make it survive, make the organism, the living organism, survive to the age of reproduction. That's science. Now, as far as reincarnation, uh, it's still part of belief system. And I don't think the two split, two split experiment uh, uh, actually doesn't have anything to do with consciousness. Uh, that's somebody putting that with that, though, Smash. No, I'm trying to tell you, it really do. That's the basis that all the scientists came up with. They're like, the only reason why it's responded to us is because it's aware of us. But to speak of... Uh, I mean, don't get it twisted. I'm not an advocate for no uh, reincarnation, but I do know I'm wise enough to know that the people who thought about this stuff before us weren't just fools. Uh, One thing we do know is the universe recycles everything. I mean, it don't waste no energy. And if we are the only things that can receive human consciousness, then it got to be recycled over and over again. Now, let's just look at uh, uh, in layman's terms, not in the... uh, in the deep terms of what uh, reincarnation is. But what would it take an American, in American media, to start claiming a human is a reincarnation of another? It could take as simple as three characteristics and one mindset, maybe even two characteristics. All right, let's take Martin Luther King, for instance, right? If a brother came out right now with the same exact voice, no matter how he looked, same voice as Martin Luther King and the same mindset about nonviolence, it would the human would start 
I'm not, I'm talking about layman's terms. You know, I'm not talking scientifically. I'm just talking about what does it take for us to start trying to pinpoint reincarnation in in, in the so in our social structure, not uh, scientifically. And okay, so let, about, let's sorry, sorry, smash. Let's first define it, though, right? Who John said that? Let's first define reincarnation because as long as we have these conversations, it's gonna be. Hard for us to get to the bottom of it. So, yeah. definition of reincarnation. Okay, but hold on. Let me let me say. This. Okay, let me say this real quick. That this this is what separates a pseudo and spooky conversation from a more critical thinking and scientific led conversation. The reason why I say that is because if you do not define your key terms, then everybody can be right. And everybody could be talking about this a different thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. You you could you could contradict someone. Two people can contradict each other and both can be right because you do not define your terms. So until you define your terms, then we, we won't be able to get anywhere because like, you know, so it's the context of the conversation. So how we define reincarnation is critical to this conversation. You're right, because I don't believe in none of the reincarnation out of the Bible. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in the Hindu. Nothing. I don't believe you're going to come back as a bird. So you're exactly right. How do we define reincarnation? Yeah, so that's why that's why that's why in the in the Facebook group, I said I see I preference my comment with it. I said I said if and I put it this way, I said if we define reincarnation as flesh, you know, to be made flesh again, which is what reincarnate breaks down to. Mm -hmm. then blah 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 so so i i did it even in my statement so people will know where i'm at because somebody may, may say something different so it's really like we would talk about consciousness we got to define consciousness like naya did and then reincarnation itself so from a hindu's perspective reincarnation is differently defined differently than the an african group's uh perspective of reincarnation of this of this broader uh notion of reincarnation is different so we can't do this one for one and claim everything african like naya was saying like we were saying earlier we can't do that so because like we said earlier that that reincarnation if if we go down to the to the core of it every reincarnation is occurring 24 7 365 days a week because if everything is everything then everything comes back as something else but from the original thing you know, from this, this infinite soup. So, you know, in that sense, but then that will end the conversation and we'll make, we'll make it fun. Then we had to pack up and go. So if we, so to keep it going, we got to define it based on whatever we're talking about. We mentioned the name, the naming of something. And I want to clear something because Uncle Benu asked a question because it wasn't clear, but we're clear now. But let me just say this on the air that, that when I, when we say um, the name of something, you have two notions of name, name, a name is the uh, is the actual identity of a thing. It's it's intrinsic and innate to the thing in order to make it a thing. In other words, when when you see a thing, it has a name. It's, it's it has an identity. That's different than the than the concept of a human naming something by by attaching a word to it. But that but they are related, and so we have to understand the difference and how it's related and how Africans use that relationship in in their explanations and so and, and it's critical to this conversation about reincarnation because to some africans reincarnation was simply to name something and that's what we said the descendancy to name something that was previously characterized or known that's where you get the re in, fr in front of it 
So anyway, just that's it. Mm. Well, in the in the sense of the, in what you just said, I can't provide no argument <laughs> opposite <laughs> of you know, like I can't speak for the Hindu uh, reincarnation. Uh, or a uh, uh, body, like you said, breaking down the word uh, reincarnate. Nah, I don't, I don't really think it's nothing to that. But again, we also know it is. Uh, I mean, I ain't trying to just talk in circles, but we even know our own, the physical body that our consciousness remains in while we're alive regenerates. Like this ain't the same body you had a, a year ago. All the cells are different. They came, the atoms are different. They came, they regenerated. And so, but you're still in the, and I know I'm not going off on a tangent, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot to be said. But, and, and to speak to that and what Unc, you said about DNA, we got to remember that DNA is not passed down in, in this uh, fixed package. DNA nope. is a, it's a, it's a, um, a phenomenon called recombination mm -hmm. that gets passed down. So, oh my goodness, great kill him. So, so what is actually passed down mm, mm, really mm. not you mm, mm, passed mm. down. So, so if we want to talk about biological terms, the DNA is not even passed down. So, so what, the, what the child becomes is a, is a recombined combination of probabilities of, of the different DNA from the parents. And so the parents did not come down to the child. The, it, it's the recombination of of the combination of probabilities that get passed down to the child and each sibling is different if you have a brother or sister you don't get the same the same set of dna from your mother the same two parents you don't that's why you look different that's why you act different and everything from sibling to sibling unless you're identical twins which you come from the same uh egg then you're going to be different because of that recombination uh, process so if we want to look at ancestors in the terms of biologically you still don't even have a reincarnation uh, aspect from your parents. It's a combination of things. It, it, it folds, it folds, it folds over from generation to generation. It's a tumbling um, thing. And you don't have the same set of ancestors. Just because you, you are full-fledged brother and sister with somebody, you don't have the same set of ancestors if you're gonna call the ancestors in the DNA, period. You, just, you, don't, you don't have that. You have different combination. And so, yeah. We're going well, that's why I challenge the uh, the consciousness going from one thing to another and missing missing all the white people. So then, how do you determine who black then smash? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you what do you mean? Uh, uh, give me the context of that question. Meaning that that all through time, that's why I started you off with asking the question about that enormous palette of war. There's not a time when human resources don't get light when, when certain catastrophic events occur. Say for like the Sahara comes. Uh, the Sahara is named Sahara. It, it means it literally means desert. So before that point, you had a grass savanna, all grasslands, all the way to the Nile. This this ebb and flow based off the tilt wobble of the earth created these certain conditions that now human beings have to live in close proximity. Uh, different tribes have to come together, and now they vie for resources. So they kill each other over them. Sometimes they negotiate. Sometimes we just got to fight over it. So would you consider these people evil? Could they be? Yes, they, they, they'd be evil to the people they're killing, vice versa. Europeans come in based off of losing resources. In Europe, use them all up, come in, and, and the technology that they run across is not strong enough to stop them. So are you saying the consciousness 
just stops making let only pick certain people. That's why I find that to be, you know. See, I'm about to break you down real quick. Break me down. No, what no, no, what consciousness did in that conversation was allowed you to define a pseudo term that don't exist in reality called evil. See, that's consciousness. You see what I mean? Because evil don't exist in the solar system. Evil don't exist when a when a, a snake need to eat a rat. Just you see what I'm saying? Yeah, just no right and wrong, just consequences. I said all the time. Go ahead. Yeah, and so, but but I'm just I'm just putting making a fact that you have a consciousness that lets you know. I mean, now now I don't want to go from consciousness how your consciousness is affecting your conscious. But you introduced remember you said that. you said that you introduced the word evil about 25 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah, remember I said, how does consciousness, you say, well, consciousness don't 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 flow back to white people. Remember you said that? No, I said that. No, I said, well, we have THC receptors, so it could be a case to where we, uh, you know, we <laughs> the one. Cause you, 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 yeah, I said it could be a case to where we had, so all people don't have this type of, these type of receptors. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm we speculating right now. Okay, all right. But 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 still, what what made you define uh good and evil was your conscious, and what 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 led your conscious was is your consciousness. Is that's how I feel at this point? Oh, that's your morality code would make you judge that. And then it's good and evil is based off of uh um cultural practices and understanding. Because in the Christian world, it's evil to have two three wives. In the Muslim world, it's a good thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, well, in all those worlds, require humans. Take away humans, is there's no good and evil. That's so true. then they're a byproduct of human consciousness. Yeah, I want to say this because I, I had to roll out. Just let me. I want to end with this because I got to go. Interesting smash. Yeah, I want to say this the same way that we are stressing that if we're going to talk about reincarnation, we got to define it in the context that that we're we're talking about so if we so from a hindu perspective they have a set structure of what they mean by reincarnation and the whole system of it and so and we have to respect it and and talk about it from that standpoint otherwise we run the risk of of just not having a good discussion or, or understanding at all so likewise in africa the same thing i say this to say that everything we're talking about from reincarnation to consciousness and even morality and everything, if we're going to talk about, let's say in Kemet, for example, they have a nomenclature, wording, and, and whole system of how they discuss these things. And so it was so intricate in Kemet that they that they separated these smaller notions in, from the larger one by different words. You have the Ka, the Ba, the Ak, you have the Ib, you have the uh, Ket or Kat, and you have the Ren. And all these other aspects of what makes up the being, and so they describe them in separately, and how and how and how they work together. And so, if we want to discuss, if we want to uncover how the Egyptians saw reincarnation and what and consciousness and in this topic, then we would have to respect the terms and know what they use and how they used it and everything like that. Until we do that, then then we we're gonna be pushing things on the Egyptians or Africans. Uh, from our perspective, and that's that's the wrong thing to do. So I just want to say that that's the importance of understanding these things. Um, right, and I just want to add, Wujabu, well, I'm going to read this from um, a clinical psychologist, Lisa Baluwi, out of South Africa. 
he wrote that the African worldview refers to the way in which Africans perceive their world, which in turn influences their ways of knowing and doing. There is no such thing as a value-free cultural system. All systems have philosophical under are contextual and culturally based and to some extent biased. African philosophy is rooted in the nature of black culture, which is based on a particular indigenous philosophical assumptions. And that was by Nobles. Worldviews and cultural systems are by their very nature biased towards other cultural value systems. So that goes back to what you said about not following the rules, not respecting other cultures, not studying other cultures, not defining what people mean by the terms that they're using. A worldview is the embodiment of a people's cultural beginningness and identity. The worldview of African people can be conceptualized along the following dimensions. One, cosmology, which is the structure of reality, which may be grounded in interdependence, collectivism, and harmony with nature. Two, ontology, the nature of being and reality, where there is a recognition of the spiritual basis of nature's one existence and the universe. Three, exology, the primary importance of human to human interaction as a value system for etymology, a system of truth and method of revealing or understanding truth or generating truth. Number four, a system of truth and methods for revealing or understanding truth. The thing in this community is that our systems are broken down. Like Joe talked about, it was very intricate and Kemet and they had the Ka and the Ba and they broke everything down and they're very specific. When you assign a African, an African concept, but you have no idea, if you assign an African concept to Hindu culture, you violating so many rules on so many levels. It may seem like, oh, it's not a big deal, but you can't apply reincarnation the same way that Hindus apply reincarnation to African culture. You just can't do it. But in this fast paced microwave pseudo environment of YouTube <laughs> Internet, everybody's doing it and, and people are pretending like it's not okay it's okay it's not okay like we have to be diligent in our culture because a we are deeply deeply assimilated into this culture in order for us to get out of our psychotic state we have to have some type of system of examining culture examining processes using systems defining things um understanding what works and most important we have to have some type of scientific methodology like what people are doing now is just not cool and it's not genuine because the, the the number one goal is to develop your authentic self like you can't be healthy physically psychologically emotionally if you cannot develop your authentic self you cannot develop your attending and acting as if you're something that you are not so just want to say that. Yeah, that was good. I uh, I have to roll out. So yeah, I appreciate the conversation and for inviting and and I, I yeah we can close it out. Shoot, man, shoot, we ain't gotta keep rocking. Well, shoot. nah, don't 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 close out on my account. I'm I'm, I'm just closing out because I gotta get up and work out tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to let you.
Okay. okay. I didn't want to cut it, cut anything short. Yeah. No, you good. But I put my references and sources in the group. <laughs> On the devil slit. Let me stop. Look, all right, fam. Look, thanks for uh coming in. Um, so you know we're gonna strike up conversations in the group. Um maybe next week we can get those people together to have conversation in the group, give them the link, and they can come in and we can further the conversation, give them a chance to go ahead and question the squad down. I think we want to do that uh, on a regular occurrence, like we used to on a good old-fashioned blog talk show. So I appreciate everybody coming through. Um, you, you got any closing words to say, Brother Smash, Sister Naya? Ooja? Uh, Sister Naya, you want to go first? Sure. I just want to um, say um, thank you for the Amara Squad, our listeners, um, everyone in the Amara Squad group who take the time to study, to post, to educate, to explore new things. Um, and I'm just happy to be a part of this platform. So thank you guys for having me on. Right up. Uh, you know, I can't say I disagree with anything said in the conversation tonight. I think we sat and tried to reconcile terms for the majority of the conversation. As far as Hindu, I mean, you know, as far as I agree with everything Sister Naya said about trying to attribute a Hindu culture to Africa. I mean, you know, saying it's African. That's a fupa or what have you. But I think there is a deeper conversation once we reconcile all the terms to have on fact or fiction about uh, reincarnation. Yeah, as we know, it is pseudo. But scientifically, we should look into it a little bit deeper and just see what we come up with. Mm, all right. uh, I'll just close out and say, uh, Unc, I think it's good what's going on in the, in the uh, Facebook group to kind of spark these things, to kind of change the narrative, get people to think critically. And I want to say this. Uh, hopefully people don't take things too personal. Right. Like, like you know, because I see sometimes people in the group, they will get a little bit uptight and everything. We have to remember, you know, in order to do scholarship, you have to have tough skin to begin with. But at the same time, you have to have good character. And you have to have enough um, enough to know the difference between somebody attacking you as a person versus your 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 claim or your statement or your stance and stuff. You know, let's just relax and just present the information, keep everything above the belt and and just get it in. And then before you know it, two years from now, we will we'll, we would have expanded the body of knowledge. We all know like we all benefit from this. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that because I know Unc. Uh, call people out recently like uh, you, you on a clock and that's just what Unc does in the group and that makes it fun he puts you know puts people on the clock fee five four from you know yeah. you got <laughs> four hours before you da 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 you know that's all that's all in fun and everything so people hey. hopefully we all we all just uh keep it keep it easy so that's it yeah it's it, I'm, like I always say I'm an intellectual gunfighter and so we just having fun and this is the way we learn um I do like the growth in the, the, the growth in the group. You don't see nobody putting up memes. <laughs> the mem people have died out in the group. <laughs> so, you know, it's just fun, man. And and, and this is the way we learn. I, I think uh, it's a healthy learning environment to have fun. Nobody's anti-African in the Amaral squad. You know what I'm saying? And I just personally like to say that uh, do not allow history to be a weight that will weigh you down. Allow history for you to understand where you at and in understanding where you at, you might can control where you at and controlling where you at, you will know where you're going.
So don't get bogged down. Let history bog you down. All right. Give people their culture. Understand that nature has afforded all living organisms the opportunity to function within certain ecosystems. Uh, and that we're no more special than any other li living organism when it comes to living and dying. Man, look, I'm a raw squad up, man. Black African power, man. Y'all already know what it is. <laughs>